welcome to Disney Minus Reverse Rebirth, the awkward little brother of the regular Disney Minus podcast, where instead of uh, Disney movies, we are talking about the video game series that has Disney movies in it, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, my name is Steven. No intro? Nope. Okay. I'm Kat, and if last week's episode is any indication, a pirate's life is not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still mad about what they did to my boy Will, and the pirates, and Barbosa. I promise K- or Kingdom Hearts 3 does a better job with Pirates of the Caribbean, but I even know. then, I feel like, and I'll get into this more when we actually get there, but I feel like Moana or something else would have fit better for the way that they did the world, but whatevs. Otto, what are you doing? I'm trying to find a spot to lay down. Why? <laughs> He's finding a proper place to be concerned. Exactly. <laughs> I asked him what he was doing, and he looked at me like, what? What Should I not be doing this? Yeah, I just looked around to see where Cranberry was, and all I see underneath the table is just every now and then I see a tail move, and that's it. No. Like he's go- no, he's gone. He, lo- he loves my fleece blanket. It's one of those fluffy, like, Sherpa fleece blankets. <laughs> Welcome to Disney Minus Reverse Rebirth, where we talk about our pets. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> okay, anyway. so while I take a drink real quick, do you remember what happened last time? Uh, well, as you know by my intro, I remember being pissed off at Pirates of the Caribbean because one, <laughs> the graphics suck. Two, they didn't yeah. have the voices, and three, they mangled the lines. Yeah. Um, I remember. Which, if you uh, watched that part of the Let's Play yet, hot damn. Oh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I listened to the, you know, I remember I had the screenshots and I was listening to last week's episode, but I have not brought myself to watch the Let's Play yet. That's very Um, fair. I also remember discussing the bullshit that was also Atlantica's. uh, Yeah, I was about to say. That'd be a swim, what, swim, swim revolution? (laughs) I mean, kind of. Yeah. Except, you know, at least. Crappier. Except at least DDR, you could actually pause the game if you needed to. Um, and I remember, and actually we got to this part on, or I got to this part re-listening to it right before we started recording, uh, Agrabah. Yes, we did Agrabah. Iago being a little shit, more things looking off kilter, and I deeply apologize for everybody that had to listen to the story of what I did to my Iago puppet when I was little. (laughs) Well, not so much Iago being a little shit, Iago trying to tell everyone that he's not a little shit anymore, and everyone else going, "Mm hmm. And everybody in the sick. first half of Return of Jafar, he's proven himself that usually he is a little I mean, yeah. Funny you should mention Return of Jafar also. Keep that in there. Hang on to that. Put that in your pocket for later. We're not going back to Agrabah just yet, are we? No, no, no. no. It'll, no. Be a, it'll be a bit. Um, cool. We are here soon rounding out the first half of the game, though. That will, that will be next week. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so all of these episodes we've done so far, double that. Yeah, no, it's because when I was home for the holidays, I, of course, Haley was asking me about the game because one, she knew that I was getting the box set. And also she was just asking how far you and I have gotten. And she was like, have you guys started doing everything again yet? And I was like, we're not even halfway through. (laughs) It's happening again. Right. No, I was like, I told Haley, I was like, look, he and I calculated this at the beginning before we even started. We already know this is going to take, didn't we figure like what, two years to cover the game at the rate we go? It was like a year and a half to two years, somewhere in that range. I think, yeah, it was like a year and a half if we did everything normally, but I think we factored in the two years just for anything, you know, allowing for holidays, vacation time, sick, anything like that. Basically. Oh, baby. <laughs> Sorry, Steven, just, uh, if you hear, like, random cooing, Steven just sent me, like, a totally adorable picture of Otto. 
<laughs> He's got himself sprawled out on my bed. Just hanging. Just chilling. Okay, so yeah, you we did um Pirates of we did well okay, in order. We did it we did the first part of Atlantica and we both got mad. Yep. We got Yo, Granberry. No kitty. <laughs> uh we we did the first part of Atlantica and we both got mad. We did the um this section of of I almost said of Kingdom Hearts. Of Pirates of the Caribbean and we both got mad. We did um, Agrabah, and neither of us got mad because at least Agrabah was doing something new. And although... Just over how Iago and Abu looked, but that was about it. There's that. Yeah, it's PlayStation 2 graphics. But Um, Exactly, which is why I didn't get as mad as I did over Pirates of the Caribbean and Atlantica. Yeah, because... Yeah. (laughs) Now, I will say, I hope you like Agrabah because this is not the last game that's going to have it. Same with Olympus Coliseum. Doesn't surprise me. I know you mentioned mentioned Olympus Coliseum comes back. Oh, it comes back so much. Like this and Agrivar, I think, are like the two most recurring worlds. Aside from, or at least of the Disney worlds. Must have been fanboy. I need to go back and and count that, but I'm pretty sure it's like those two. (sighs) Um, But anyway, no, after Agrivar, we did get, uh, if you remember, a brief cutscene in um, Twilight Town of Kyrie showing up. And then, um, immediate, wait, no, hang on. Let me just make sure. Okay, yeah, I had scrolled too far ahead in my notes. We had gotten, um, somewhere in there, a cutscene of Kyrie being attempted kidnapped, I phrased that weirdly, by Axel over at Destiny Islands, and then ending up in Twilight Town. And now Twilight Town is back on the map. Your little hoochie drift. <laughs> I said what I said. It's I don't even focus on the dress. The funniest part of her outfit to me is that if you look down at her feet, her shoes, her shoelaces are like threaded through, I think, two of the holes actually on her shoes. Then they wrap around her ankles and actually tie like halfway up her ankle. That's fashion. It's, it's, yeah, walk, walk, fashion, baby. The outfits in Kingdom Hearts get wild sometimes. Hot damn. I mean... Japan. You've seen, you've seen Pete. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started on Peach and his fucking crotch zipper. <laughs> um. Before we get started, though, I will say we're more or less going to ignore the timer for tonight, be- or for this episode rather, because the next thing that happens, like the next two episodes of the Let's Play, are basically something big happening at Hollow Bastion, and I want to be able to give that like its own episode just with that. So I don't want to like do the timer and still have like half of uh, Lion King left because we didn't quite make it or something like that. So tonight we are going to do um, Halloween Town slash Christmas Town and uh, Lion King and uh, Pride Lands. Just remember I got to be 630. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there is also that. And then um, next time we'll also again sort of ignore the timer so that we can do all of what's going on in Hall of Bastion. Well, next Either time we'll be like, recording like normal, though. Yeah, well, either way, it's like two episodes of the Let's Play, so it should still even out to being about an hour and a half, but again, we're just not going to have, like, the alarm go off. Anyway, all of that to say, uh, if you are ready, we can go ahead and get started. Um, Oh, shit, yeah, because... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, there's also that. Um, So, like I said, Twilight Town is back on the map. Story-wise, the game kind of wants you to do um, Halloween Town and... Pride Lands first, and then go to 
Twilight Town, but it does technically open back up right now, so you can just go to Twilight Town and, like, skip these two worlds, or do Twilight Town and then come back to them, uh-huh. because really it's the next thing that happens over in Hollow Bastion that would make it so that you're skipping these two worlds. So I say all of that to say that that is uh, Nico, the guy who do, who's doing the uh, Let's Play that, we, uh, that we're following along with, Nico B., um, I guess probably like put a poll or something to his uh, viewers to decide what order he was going to do it in. Basically, they told him, go ahead and do Twilight Town, then circle back and hit um, Halloween Town and Pride Lands. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the Twilight Town stuff. But like I said, as far as like story-wise, especially since the Disney worlds are so episodic, the game kind of wants you to do those two first, then come back to it. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, so we go to Twilight Town. And Donald, Sora, or Sora, Donald, and Goofy, uh, shit, it feels weird saying their names out of order. I don't know. What has this series done to me? Anyway, it shows them, like, walking into the little Tran common area where they had the trolley, if you remember that whole little area. Um, I didn't take a picture of that part. Let me actually get in there so I can post any pictures that I did take. <laughs> so I'm not taking handsome reports, but that's the first thing I pull up after the recording studio, so at least one yeah, of right. them prepared. Do, do, do. There we go. Handsome reports. There we go. Uh, anyway, no, so we, uh, they're, they're walking up, uh, Vivi is, if you remember that little dude, just a running on by, basically freaking out, saying that something has happened in the Sandlot, and that Cypher's in trouble, so, Sora Dalton and Goofy are like, well, shit, we better go check that out. <laughs> we're, we're the heroes, we can't just not get involved. I mean, they could, <laughs> but... I mean, they, they could, is the thing. They, they definitely could. But so, yeah, you go to the Sandlot and fucking Cypher, Rai, and Fu are just dead on the pavement with a bunch of dusk and nobody's, like, dancing around them. Dude with a frickin' toga dress and a Hot Topic skater beanie. Yeah! (laughs) I will forever rag on their clothing. Uh, Oh, man, I don't know if you remember, but he's also got a crop top, so he's got, like, his whole belly hanging out. Oh, I remember. Scraped up on the ground. I remember the crop Uh, top. It's also good. Um, no, it's not. But anyway, so obviously we got to fight. Uh, they got to fight the nobodies off. Uh, there's a new one in this batch called the Berserker. Ooh, he looks pretty- yeah, yeah, him a big boy. Um, basically, what they will do is they're kind of like pulled along by that big sword hammer thing that they have. It's almost like that's the thing that's in charge. Uh-huh. So they'll do a lot of like ramming forward and bashing or like kind of standing in one place and swinging it around or they've got this one attack i couldn't get a good picture of it just from the stuff that we uh that we covered this time but you'll see it whenever you actually watch the let's play the little like the actual dude has a uh, has got a thing where he'll shrink to be super duper small and so it's like just the hammer and it'll just like basically jackhammer up and down a bunch of times just slamming Mm. into stuff but the thing that's real fucking fun with them, since every um, nobody has like a specific reaction command that you can do to like mess with them, the thing that will happen with the berserkers is I guess they have I guess this is like a sort of recharge or cooldown for them because every now and then they'll basically drop that big sword hammer thing or a claymore. That's what they're all called. They're called their claymores. Yeah. Uh, they'll like drop their claymore and then sort of just hover and kind of rotate in the air nearby. So if you run up, you can actually grab the claymore and it, like it'll have you sort of like slide around uh, with it and like get this weird little red mist around Sora's face. I guess almost like the claymore is trying to control him the way it does the nobody. <sighs> but if you actually slide over to 
where the berserker nobody is, you'll get an extra command that basically lets you just start spinning around and like slamming him repeatedly with the claymore, so that you can just beat them up with their own weapon. It's it's super satisfying to to watch and to actually do in uh, gameplay. It's very very good. Is the thing. Ah, uh, let me just make sure I don't have any other pictures that I need to post though. Because okay, good, I don't. Um, who? Uh, this, this next, this next scene, holy shit. Um, <laughs> after, after fighting all of them, um, one of the organization guys that we haven't quite met yet shows up. He still has his hood up to let you know that we haven't gotten his name or his face yet. Um, he's the one that in the uh, big meeting cutscene earlier, I think I just referred to him as the uptight dude. <laughs> um, but anyway, this guy, so this guy shows up. Asking if Sora has seen Axel, and Sora's like, no, I haven't. Why? And he's like, well, he's not acting in our best interests right now. And Sora's like, oh, it doesn't sound like a very organized organization. Uh, or that might have actually that might have actually been Goofy. I can't remember now which one of them said it. I think it was it sounds Sora. more like a dad joke Goofy would make. That's also true. More like no, it is Sora because he's trying to... thirteen. Am I right? No, it, that's right. He's trying. It is Sora because he's trying to taunt him. He's like, oh, it doesn't sound like a very organized organization. I like mine better. <laughs> to which the guy just kind of like ignores that he said that. And he says, Axel aside, it would break our hearts to hear something happen to you. We we want to make sure that you stay safe, blah, 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 all of that. And Sora's like, oh, come on, you guys don't even care about me. You don't have hearts. And he's like, true, we don't have hearts, but we remember what it was like. That's what makes us special. And Sora's like, what? <laughs> and then to be dramatic for the moment, he takes his hood off and we get his face reveal. And I don't remember when his name is actually said out loud, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you his name. His name is Syx, and I will spell it in the Discord because it's funky. S-Y-E-X? Oh, nope. okay. S-A-I with two dots, X. Also, he's probably rocking a uh, full metal alchemist scar there. He, <laughs> he is, though. Oh, he's got the big old, like, X face scar. It's uh, just... Mm, chef kiss. This guy is a lot. Is the thing. Um, He's got but, uh, face. Yeah, but basically, like Sora was like, "What do you, what do you mean about remembering ha what having hearts like be making you special?" And he says, "Know this. We know very well how to injure a heart." And again, Sora's like, "What are you talking about?" And again, Sonic's <laughs> just ignore. These, these. This is why I called it. You're gonna see why I call him the uptight guy. Slash, I guess, the stuck-up guy over time. Because, again, he just kind of ignores what Sora is saying. And basically tells him that uh, to just... Sora, just keep on fighting the Heartless. You're doing such a good job, champ. And <laughs> his ass opens a portal and just starts backing into it. Like, with his arms out. Like, yep, okay, I'm a dip. So he's basically and walking into the portal? He fucking... He basically is, though. Um... Sora, like, tells Donald and Goofy, ooh, we should follow him into the portal, and Donald's like, why, though? <laughs> and Sora's like, I don't know, maybe it'll lead us to their uh, to the organization's homeworld. And Syx is like, "Be or, don't be reckless. Do you want to end up like Riku? And Sora's like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean, Riku? <laughs> and, and he just dips. He doesn't even explain further. He just closes the portal, and he's gone. So, like, thanks. I think I was officially asleep. <laughs> yep. He's just twitching. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Syx gives no explanation. He's just like gone. 
Uh, but after that fight happens, uh, the absent silhouette for Lexeus shows up in Twilight Town. Not that there's any story significance to it, but this is where that is, so that uh, you can go try to fight him. Nico does try to fight him. Um, actually, he remembers to come back and do it at like the beginning of the next episode, so not this episode of the actual Let's Play. Uh, gets his ass entirely kicked. Uh, Lexeus's whole thing in the fight is that he's got like this power meter that's just constantly going up and making him stronger and getting this big glowing aura around him. He's going Super Saiyan fucking basically. Um, and it literally does equate to him hitting you harder and stuff like that. But if you manage to block one of his hits, then it'll actually give you a reaction command that will lower his power meter and like briefly raise yours so that you can Ooh. hit him harder. Yeah, so that so the fight is basically just kind of like finding a good balance of blocking his attacks and then like hitting him while he's like stunned and you've actually got like a power boost. Um, right. It's not super hard if you level up, but I mean, he is decently tough. This is one of the ones that I was able to that I was actually able to beat. Uh, I think there was only like one of the absent silhouettes that I wasn't able to eventually beat. So there's that. <laughs> and I'll get to that one. I hate that one. Um it's Mar it's I think it's the only one that we have left, Marluxia. Um, we just no, we haven't seen Vexen's absent silhouette yet. I forget where that shows up, but I was able to I beat Vexen. He's not super hard. Um, anyway, <laughs> all of that aside, the story can continue. Uh, fucking Cipher shows up and like immediately tells Sora, Donald, and Gooby to leave because he doesn't want them causing trouble. And they're like, well, geez, all right, fine, bye. But then as they turn to leave, he's like, hey, wait a minute. And he holds out, if you remember the trophy that Roxas got in um, Matrix Twilight Town when he won the struggle tournament that had those little, like, jewel ball things on it, he holds that out to Sora. And he's like, this this trophy goes to the strongest guy in town. And Sora's like, Can you, you put a picture me? of that in there? Because I don't think I remember it. I did not have a picture. Hang on, let me see if I can find one. Okay. A-H two trophy this is gonna get me too many <laughs> there we go struggle trophy that's gonna narrow it down boop okay there we go that one okay yeah um so but yeah he like cypher like holds that out to him and he's like this trophy belongs to the strongest guy in town and Sora's like wait do you mean me and without yeah. another word cypher like shoves it in goofy's hands and just runs off and is like what are you doing I love Cypher so much. He's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, but uh, before they can really have time to wonder about that, Pence uh, runs up and asks if they know someone named Kyrie. And the Sora's like, "Fuck yeah, I know someone named Kyrie. Where is she?" And he's like, "Oh, you should go to the station." To which Sora's like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'll go do that." <laughs> Um, but he, he gets to the station, and Hayner and Olette show up, and it turns out Kyrie's not with them either, so he's like, dude, what happened to Kyrie? You said that Kyrie was here. And we get a flashback, because, because Pen I guess I guess Pence couldn't just tell this story. I don't know. It's a little weird with making you go to the station instead, but whatever. Um, yeah. It starts, he starts the flashback, um, basically they're just talking about how, like, she just showed up, um, I think it's supposed to be, like, in-universe, probably, like, a day or two or something. Might even be earlier that day. Um, but basically showed up just a little while ago, uh, saying that she was looking for Sora, for Sora when it actually cuts away from uh, Hainer's voiceover to just what's going on in the, in the flashback. 
the first audio we get is Alette like kind of swooning next to Kyrie and being like, "That's so oh, that's such a romantic story." And I'm like, "What did she, what did she possibly tell you?" Because she had like no involvement in what was going on in Kingdom Hearts One. <laughs> but so like, yeah, whatever she was able to, whatever story she told them, I guess Olette thinks it's sweet. Um, so there's that. Uh, but they do basically tell her, uh, we don't know where Sora is, but hey, he did promise that he was going to come back, so if you hang out here long enough, he's bound to show up. Which, I mean, fair reasoning. They don't know about world hopping and all of that. Mm. Um, but of course, as soon as he says that, uh, a portal opens up in the spot where they're hanging out, and Axel shows up. And to their credit, Hayner and uh, Pence try to fight him off, and emphasis on the word try, because... <laughs> Hang on. His lame-ass camel pants never stood a chance. <laughs> oh, not the pence does any better, mind you. Hang on. it's There it goes. <laughs> like, they both they both run and try to punch him, and it's not even like he dodges or anything. They just miss and keep running until they slam into the wall. And it's like... <laughs> you guys are... I mean, like, are you guys okay? Because I worry. I worry about you guys. Um... But uh, but basically, um, so yeah, so uh, Axel showed up. Um, basically, he he's like, I just Kyrie, I just knew you'd be here, and then like tells her that she's got a lot of guts for just jumping into a dark portal like that without anything to protect her. They don't know what the fuck they're he's talking about, and it's not like he sticks around to go into detail. Uh, he to be fair, instead of like sticking around and giving a villain monologue or anything, he just straight up like grabs Kyrie and drags her into the portal with him. As like and Pluto, who I guess in fairness wouldn't have anywhere else to go, but I guess has decided he's gonna look after Kyrie because he just runs into the portal behind him. So they're like, "Oh, um, yeah." So sorry, Sora. Uh, she she's gone. Is the thing she got kidnapped? And he's like, "Oh, hey, don't." <laughs> so they they're all bummed because they couldn't help, and it's like this guy's got fire magic. Y'all didn't even know about that. What were you gonna do against him? <laughs> But Sora's like, hey, no, it's okay. Don't blame yourselves. But obviously he feels bad too. And he's like, like, like I can even say that. And um, like, so he, he sulks for a second. And then like, <laughs> within the span of like two seconds, like gives himself all the determination he needs. Because he's like, no, we will find Kyrie. And I guess like punches the air so hard that it like makes Goofy drop the trophy. <laughs> And all of the little jewel balls pop off of it. And oh, coincidentally, three of them roll toward Hainer, Pence, and Olette. And it's the same colors that Roxas gave them in the Matrix version of Twilight Town. And then um, Sora grabs the blue one off of the ground. And <laughs> Goofy grabs the extra one that was in the little bag of money that uh, Mickey gave them earlier. So, like, everyone has one of these little things except for Donald. And they all start just, <laughs> they all start just holding them up to the sky. Leaving Donald to just be like, hey, what's going on? Why, Why am I getting left out? Why is like as big as his head? Do what? Why is his hand as big as his head? Look at that picture. It's anime. Their proportions don't matter. Oh, that's not even anime. That's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also that. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. It looks like it's the same for Hainer. And I don't think Pence's is quite that big. But, but yeah. It's it's also the glove, I think, makes his hand look bigger, too, because it's like an extra layer on top of what should be his hand. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell myself, but it's like my brain just can't <laughs> reconcile tiny head with 
fan. Yeah, there is that. Um, but so they they just fucking sit there for like a solid few seconds, all just gazing at these things with the sunlight streaming into them, and then we get like this very brief shot of sort of. If you remember on that last day of Roxas when he woke up and like it started overlaying Sora's image on top of him for a few seconds, it does that same thing um, now with Roxas kind of overlaying on top of Sora. Let me just make sure this posted. Okay, good. They all posted. Look at that. <laughs> they posted out of order because one sec. Seconds up. Do what? Seconds up. Okay, the mergy picture looks kind of cool, but the one that you just removed, it looked like a shot from like a boy band video. You just I mean, no, yeah, they posted it out of order. Hang on, because it starts okay. um, really faint. There we go. Like, it starts really faint so that it's mostly Sora, then obviously fades into where it's mostly Roxas. So, like, I took a picture of both because they both look neat. Gotcha. And, and then obviously, yeah, it just goes, like, to straight up being Roxas. And, yeah, this is the one that you said looks like a boy band picture. And I will remind you that Roxas is voiced by Jesse McCartney. Exactly. <laughs> That's totally from a One Direction video. Yeah, and so um, I assume outwardly nothing actually happened here because no one comments on this, and Goofy is kind of shouting like Sora started to zone out for a second because he's like, Sora, are you okay? And Sora's like, huh, what? What? Yeah, I'm good. What's going on? <laughs> uh, but then it does the whole light show like whenever a new gummy rat opens up um the little blue jewel thing that he was holding is the token for it so like <laughs> this section of twilight town was super short and just so that sora could find out that kairi has been kidnapped um that said though he finally gets oath keeper back um if you remember that keyblade which one oath keeper do you want me to find another picture of that one real quick yes please okay one sec h2 o a t h ah there it be why did I say it like that? Dude, it's the one that's my favorite. One sec. There it goes. Boop. That one. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, since, because that one's like supposed to represent like his bond with Kyrie. So, like, because now he's, I guess, sort of, uh, is like extra concerned about Kyrie, like, he gets access to that Keyblade again. Um, but we also, for, since we're in the final mix, uh, get Limit Form. Uh, a new drive form. Uh, one second. Let me get that posted. Oh, I don't want that to go into the... Ah, come on now. <laughs> it was trying to post it into a different uh, different channel. There we go. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, basically, limit form, which is really neat. They do something similar to this also in Kingdom Hearts 3, but with it um, giving him back the look from uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Basically, he's still in his clothes from Kingdom Hearts 2, but the color pattern on them changes to look like the clothes from Kingdom Hearts 1. And it's, I think, a just a really sick design. I really like uh, the look for limit form. But also what it does is, I forget the exact phrasing it uses in the description, but basically it gives him back a lot of like the abilities and attacks and stuff that he had in Kingdom Hearts 1 that they cut out of Kingdom Hearts 2. And it replaces all of his magic with, um, like, Sonic Blade and, um, and, uh, and, like, Strike Raid and stuff like that. So you can use all of them again. In fact, that's actually how you level it up, is every time you finish, uh, one, like, every time you successfully land one of those combos and, like, do the full combo, you get, like, one experience point, And it never takes very many to actually level up. So it's really, this one's really easy to level up. Um, this one... 
will consume both Donald and Goofy if they're around. But if they're not around, you can still use it. Because, like, normally, Valor Form, since that one eats Goofy, if you don't have Goofy on your team, like you're doing the World Party member and Donald, for example, you won't be able to use Valor Form. This one, you can use both of or you can use no matter, like, who you've got with you. So it's it's one that I ended up using a lot more when I was playing through Final Mix. Um, but yeah, so we, we've got Limit Form. All of that's neat. And that is literally all the story that there is for Twilight Town for right now. <laughs> it was not much. Uh, so instead, we head to the next actual world, which is going to be Halloween Town. And it opens on Jack in the forest finding the door to Christmas Town. And it's really weird. Do what? I have that Christmas ornament, him opening the door to Christmas Town. Oh, there you go. Um, if I can it's, find it's a picture, like, I'll put it in there later. There you go. Um, it's it's really weird because like the framing for this scene makes it look like he's finding that door for the first time, but then like through in dialogue and stuff later on, like throughout the actual level, he'll basically like talk about it like the events of the movie have already happened, and he's wanting to take over Christmas again. <laughs> That's a fucking course he does. Of course. So it's it's just it's weird framing. I feel like at one point they might have been wanting this to be the first time that he finds it then later on we're like no never mind but I don't know, it's just weird for this one scene because he's like he acts like he's never seen it before and he gets all surprised and stuff <laughs> but literally the cutscene uh, lasts long enough for him to open that door and then just fall in and go whoa <laughs> then as it closes zero just barks like hey jack <laughs> and then that leads literally directly into the title card it's so funny hang on one sec I gotta scroll a little further. There it is. Boop, boop. It looks like the title and... page to like an ABC Family movie during the thirty during the Halloween thing. <laughs> oh God, you're right. It does. Oh, oh, I hadn't noticed, but you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, oh man, ABC Family Halloween Town. It does. Oh goodness. Okay. Oh wait, crap! I skipped a cutscene. Hang on. Shame on you. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So back, backing up before how before anything happens with Halloween Town, it, this one's really not much. It's a final mix edition. Also, uh, basically, it's Syx and their boss guy, whose name I still am not allowed to say yet. I'll be able to say his name by like the end of the next episode that we record. Um, it's Syx and boss dude talking in like their whole big conference room thing with all of the chairs. Uh-huh. Uh, it starts with Syx phasing in and saying, I passed the message on as you so desired. I told the young Sora to keep defeating the Heartless. And then Boskai goes, Good. Not, on not only have you the power to inflict pain, you also have the power to, to plant seeds of doubt in one's receptive heart. Sora will soon begin to doubt himself. It, it will cause him to hesitate, and that hesitation will turn to anger. That anger will fuel him to get rid of his apprehension and move forward. He will pave the way for for the future we desire. And it's like, okay, yes, I've seen Star Wars. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, but, and then Syx cuts in. He's like, there's something I've meant to ask. And we don't actually hear what it was he specifically wanted to ask about because Boss Dude guesses. He's like, about Axel. I'm not going to do his voice again. Um, oh, you, I think, watched enough of JoJo Part 2. This guy is voiced by Wham, or Wamu, as they would have said it for the dub. I literally got like maybe three episodes in and I don't remember much of it. 
Never mind. You didn't get to Wamu. You gotta yeah, you not. gotta watch it again. Wamu is very good, is the thing. He's very good. I mean, he's a bad guy, but he's very good. He uses the wind to make himself invisible so that the sunlight doesn't melt him. It's stupid. Wait, does... What? <laughs> he... Okay, Um, the bad guys in part two are called the Pillar Men. They're like the original vampires that made the stone mask that turned Dio into a vampire. Yes, we were getting on a tangent, and no, I will not apologize. Um, Nobody asked you to, Steven. Nobody said I couldn't. <laughs> it's you and, J- and JJBA. Nobody is surprised. That's also true. Uh, but basically, um, the Pillarman, each one has like sort of his own ability. Uh, ACDC, and yes, they're all named for bands because this is JoJo. Uh, ACDC, like his blood is super hot, so he can like spray it out and like catch people on fire and melt them. Uh, Cars, who is their their boss? has like these bone blades that he can pop out of his arms or his legs and they like vibrate so quickly that like they can basically cut through anything and also sometimes does not even be seen apparently i i uh whams is um not exactly that he like controls wind like an airbender or anything obviously but like he's got these vents on himself that he can like blast wind out of and you and so use it in some of his attacks and i'm not even kidding since they're since they're vampires they come up with a way for him to still fight in the daylight for literally half of one fight not even the entire fight because they go inside for part of it uh which is basically that he was blasting air around himself so quickly that it refracted the light around him so that he wouldn't burn up and it also made him invisible I'm not joking. I love JoJo so much. It's such bullshit. What kind of stuff do you watch? Anime. <laughs> <laughs> JoJo no Kimya no Boken. I said that awkwardly. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's very good. I, I'm sorry. I tried. I did. I tried. <laughs> Controversial, uh, controversial opinion. If one part is bad to you, skip it. Uh, skip it and try a different part. Um, Maybe. Anyway, it was fun. It was campy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, try different parts. Uh, part four and part five are both really good. Part six is really good so far, but it's only like twelve episodes. Anyway, um, it was back to the end. And I haven't and I haven't read far enough into the manga yet, so I can't really comment on the rest of part six. Anyway, back to Kingdom Hearts corner, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why I was even saying that. Oh, right, because the boss is voiced by the guy who voices Wamu in the dub. That's right. Yeah, that's what um, anyway, I'm not going to try to do his voice again. He's way too deep for me to actually uh, to successfully get. Yeah, uh, but basically he says about... A- anyway, Syx was saying, there's something I've meant to ask. Um, boss dude says about Axel, the poor fool. How long will he keep chasing the illusion of friendship when he himself lacks emotion? trying so hard to retrieve what he has lost when he may never have existed in the first place. He deserves nothing more than our pity. <laughs> it's like, <Damn>. okay. Basically, <laughs> basically yeah. what he's saying is Axel is how, like, you're, you kind of, the, the final mix cutscenes in this one sort of awkwardly, I feel like give a little too much information sometimes because they assume that you've played the non-final mix version. 
but with- basically Axel's arc in this mm-hmm. is that everything he's trying to do is because he misses Roxas and he wants to get Roxas back. Oh. And so Bossman is saying, we're nobodies. We don't have hearts or emotions. So it's dumb that he's even chasing after friendship when he can't actually have a friend. And it's like, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Dave. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. So anyway, unpausing on Halloween Town because Sordal and Goofy are there now. And literally, they're just standing in front of like the scarecrow sign that says Halloween Town. And Sora's like, hmm. This is Halloween Town, right? And it's like, what was your first clue? <laughs> no, Sherlock. Sora, you're a good boy, but you're not the smartest. Um, da, 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 da. He's not exactly the sharpest spork in the knife drawer. Nope. Oh, yeah, this is where, though, um, in space, we see Hollow Bastion is, like, covered in darkness. Like, just a weird little dark mass kind of around it, so basically the story going hey something big's about to happen over there some shit's going down yeah pretty much um but so it's hard on goofy they show up at christmas or they show up at halloween town uh they haven't seen anybody yet so they're like you know wondering hey i wonder where jack is because he's the guy that was their friend last time uh zero floats up and like just sort of like hovers around and stuff and they're like oh hey boy do you know where uh where jack is (laughs) did he fall down a well is timmy okay (laughs) And so Zero, like, floats back off toward, like, sort of the town square area. Um, When they get there, (laughs) fucking Jack already has his sleigh back together from the movie. And he's flying around on it. (laughs) And he lands, gets out, and wishes wishes all three of them a Merry Christmas. (laughs) What? Yep. (laughs) And to which Sword Dom and Goofy are like, wait, what? And he's like, you see, I'm running the show again this year, but I need Sandy Claus's blessing, so I'm off to Christmas Town. To which everyone's like, what? I love how he decided that he's going to do it before actually getting the blessing. <laughs> like, you think he would have learned his lesson the first time around? Look, 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 we don't have time for that. Do first, ask permission later. It's right. what fine. was I thinking? <laughs> Everything will work out. Um, but. <laughs> But so Zordon and Goofy are like, Halloween Town Christmas, huh? And it like the camera just flashes around the the town square, like, we got we got skeleton reindeer, we got a big ass guillotine, we got we got a skeleton man, and like Donald and Goofy were both just shivering, like, oh my god, this is scary. And Sora's like, Alright, let's go check it out. Cause he uh, Jack said that like he's gotta go check with Dr. Finkelstein about something. Um Oh no, that's right. He's got to go check. He's got to go check with Finkelstein, but also he has to go see Sally because he says, and and I quote, "She's working on something no self-respecting Santa Claus can do without." And you will see what that is. And this is actually where we get the title card. I dropped it a little soon, but it's whatever. Um, obviously, Jack is going to be uh, the part uh, the party member for this world. Nico forgot to use his limit, so I'll just go ahead and talk about it here. Uh, whenever you use the limit for Jack and Sora, they'll both, like, kind of, one, float around, like, doing sort of, uh, Jack mostly does, like, fire magic attacks, so they'll kind of float around, like, alternating between, like, fireballs and, like, ghosts flying up to hit the bat, or to hit your enemies, and then it'll end with them, like, just standing and doing, like, a kind of a ta-da stance as, like, 
sparks just fly up around them like they're the fucking Power Rangers. It's very silly. Um, but they so they go into Finkelstein's lab. He's working on an experiment, and he's got Lock, Shock, and Barrel helping him because that's a good idea. Yeah, because they're totally not just gonna pull a fast one on you. Oh, literally halfway into this conversation, the like big honking piece of machinery that he has them. He wants them to carefully carry it over to the big metal slab where he's working and place it down. They decide, screw that, we're kids and this is heavy, and they throw it over there where it starts to spark and explode. (laughs) Because of course! Why did you trust them? I don't know, is somebody like just beating him over the head after every game or every movie just so he... Is it possible to give a skeleton amnesia if he doesn't have a brain? He keeps opening his head to, like, scratch at his brain. That's probably messing with his memories. Which, quit scratching your gray matter. I mean... Get your um, fingers out of that. You don't know where your hands have been. I know, right? Uh, but during their conversation, you know, about I'm working on a thing, these little sc- rap scallions are making me so mad, Jack. I swear to God, I'm gonna murder them all. No. <laughs> Uh, Sally Sally shows up and Jack's like, oh my god, Sally, do you have it ready? And she's like, no, Jack, I'm sorry. I need more time. And he's like, that's okay. We'll just go see Santa Claus first. <laughs> to which Sora, of course, gets excited to see Santa. And I'm gonna just show you this little boy. Uh, <laughs> he's just in the background doing this. Hang on. He's so he's in a daze. He's like, "Oh my god, we're gonna see Santa." He looks slightly stoned. He does a little bit. He's stoned on Christmas spirit. Is that what they're calling it now? Eh, maybe recreational Christmas spirit. Um, I don't know. That looks medicinal to me. I know, right? But Jack Jack leaves while Sora is still fantasizing about Santa. And um, then immediately comes back inside and is like, are these are those fellows out there with you? And Sora's like, hang on, what fellows? What? And he's like, you know, the guys who tried to ruin Halloween and Christmas. What do you call them? The heartless? And it's like, my dude, we didn't do anything with Christmas last time you were we were here. What are you talking about? <laughs> but obviously Sora says, no, of course, the heartless aren't with us. I tell you what, though, we'll help you fight them off. And then we'll go see Santa. And look how excited this little boy gets. He's so happy. Donald looks like he's about to kill somebody. I mean, that's just... Donald's got, like, resting murder face. I mean, even more so than usual, though. That is also true. Um, or, okay, that one's Sora just looks so cute with the little teepers. I know! He's got little teepers they... and he just looks so happy. Even though he's got but, one yeah, so. But yeah, so you you gotta fight your way over to. Um, Are we gonna discuss what the, the fuck is going on with Goofy's nose? It, it it's got a pumpkin on the top of it. What? It literally looks like you know in the cartoons where somebody sticks a cork onto somebody <laughs> onto pointy things around somebody because they know they're <laughs> stupid enough to stab themselves with it. I was gonna say it looks like a car hood ornament, but that works too. No, he's got it's Goofy. He's got a safety cork on his nose. He's got a safety pumpkin. He does. <laughs> but so yeah, we fight our way to uh, the door to Christmas Town. Uh, we do get a new heartless along the way. It's called a driller mole. It's these little dudes. They're kind of cute. Um, you they look like you exa- in an Animal Crossing game. Yeah, you know what? Kind of. Um, it does. Or like one of the gyroids. Ah. 
Um, but it, it does exactly what you expect it to do from being called Driller Mole. Uh, they will dig into the ground and burrow up and then attack, obviously. They're not super hard. They're weak little dudes. But <laughs> they get to the door, and Sora ain't got no time for nothing. Um, Jack is basically, basically tries to get this whole speech about... Let me see. I wrote down kind of the, uh, the gist of it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he's, he says that, like, uh, he had gotten... Uh, he, he gets tired just doing the same old thing uh, year after year with Halloween, so he went looking for something different, and that was when he found the door to Christmas Town. <laughs> and Sora, like I said, has zero patience. Uh, where is it? Yeah, there we go. He's just like, come on, just open it already. As soon as this thing posts, I swear to God. Come on. Come on, you can do it. Why, why didn't you post? What are you doing to me? Hang on. Post, damn you. There it goes. No, he still looks cute. <laughs> I know. Um, You're not so... threatening, sweetheart. No. <laughs> He's the, the whittlest vampire. He's a cinnamon roll. Yes. Um, but so they... <laughs> Jack opens the door, they look into it, and like all three immediately fall in, and it just gives us this little like swirly animation to be like, yep, falling into Christmas. Just to make sure we weren't aware. I know. Um, but uh, actually, this came a little bit before that scene, and I just uh, got it out of order. It doesn't really matter. Um, we see like a really brief cut scene of um, Lock, Stock, and Barrel in their little walking bathtub thing. Basically, just walking around, wandering. Not really. They're aimless. They got nothing to do, and no one to tell them what to do, because they <laughs> ran out from Dr. Finkelstein. And literally, directly in front of them, Maleficent just poofs into existence. And it's like, you three kids look like you you could use someone to tell you what to do. I'll do that. <laughs> she, I, I wrote it down. She says, I'll show you the true meaning of mischief. And, like, starts cackling. As, to be fair, Lock, Shock, and Peril all sort of huddle together. And they're like, who is this? What's going on? <laughs> what do? Um, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, 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 but... We we get to see what the door to Halloween Town looks like from the Christmas Town side. One second, I think I scrolled too far. There it goes. Because we see it for like a moment, and then it's basically almost like sitting there, like just glowing, almost like it could be just a big Christmas or a Christmas bulb. Or I must ornament be bulb. In it. I know, right? You kind of do. Uh, the mouth on it opens a little bit and just spits Sword on and Goofy out. And Goofy is just lying dead in the snow for like a solid 30 seconds while Sora and Donald look around. And this is where I will... I've already shown you the pictures and I used it for the question post. But this is where I will mention that Sora, Donald, and Goofy, in the Final Mix version only, got new forms specific to Christmas Town. Um, in the regular version of the game, they did not have this. They were still in their Halloween Town outfits. Um, <laughs> they got new outfits for Christmas Town in the final mix, though, and oh I love them god, all very Goofy. much. Do what? Oh my god, Goofy is Rudolph. He's a, Goofy's a reindeer. He's Rudolph. His eyes are still kind of bugged out, which is wild. Um, I was never able to get a very good picture of Donald. Um, got a better one that I'll show here in a minute. But Donald is a snowman with a pail on his head. And... Sora, I don't know why he's still all, like, blacked out and Halloween-y, but he looks like a little goth Santa. <laughs> and again, it's just very cute. Is he looks thing. like the hot topic. 
He looks like a Hot Topic employee who was pissed off that they had to work on Christmas, so they brought their little brother and let him dress up with the merchandise. You know, that's pretty much exactly what it is. He's he's Hot Topic Santa. And it's adorable. Yes. Um, but along the way, we do get uh, a new Heartless, because uh, we got to actually go to Santa's workshop. I should have taken a picture of that so you could like see sort of a little overview of Christmas Town, but you'll see that in the Let's Play. Um we uh we do get a new heartless along the way actually did i no okay no this one, the other one doesn't show up just yet okay that's what it was uh we get one called the toy soldier it is actually able to switch between like two little mode or two modes one where it has a toy soldier that pops out and one where it has a skeleton with a knife and an axe <laughs> that will try to that will pop out and try to murder you it's kind of like a more effed up version of the little jack in the, uh, the jack in the box that we saw during the actual nightmare before christmas movie a little bit yeah that's basically what this is inspired by Except, you know that um, one at least wasn't armed we we won't see it until the second time around when we're like coming back to each of the worlds but there will be a halloween town version of this called the graveyard uh, uh-huh. that we'll see later on but yeah so this <laughs> this one like i said it'll switch every now and then between which one it's got out it's got the toy soldier with a gun for distance, and then again the fucking Jack in the Box skeleton pumpkin with a knife and an axe for close about, range. I think it's about to fuck you up. I know, um, but we do eventually get to Santa Claus, and again Sora's so excited. Uh, he immediately asks Santa if he's on his list because you, they show up and Santa is checking his list. Like <laughs> he's in there and he's just got his list of names out because he's getting he's getting ready for christmas it's like days away and these and these assholes are coming to bother him dude's got a deadline exactly <laughs> but yeah so sora's like um am i on your list santa claus and he's so he's like hmm, let me see sora and the camera just cuts over to sora he's like yeah come on come on it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and then santa i'm not even kidding santa has no forgiveness in his heart for this small baby boy child. Uh, Sora asks if he's on the nice list. He ponders over the list for a second. And then points out that seven years ago. Sora told everyone he didn't believe in Santa. And then goes. Oh my that is unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> Sora is devastated. This is the worst news he's ever received. No one has ever told him anything worse than this. Santa's got no chill. <laughs> At all. He does not care. And then Donald, having no tact at all, asks him if they're on the list. If if they're on his nice list. And he just kind of smiles and nods. And look at how Donald celebrates. He he does not care how sad Sora is. He's excited to be on the nice list. (laughs) Donald is is a asshole. Certified asshole. He is. But we love him for it, I think. We do. Meh. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> we promised his girlfriend that we'd take care of him, at least. So, that much. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Fucking Jack, finally in the background, or in the background, finally speaks up. He's like, what about me, Sandy? It's me, Jack. And he's like, Jack Skellington? And drops his list. And is like, what are you doing here? Mm-mm. <laughs> And I'm not even kidding. No sooner does he do that than we hear a noise, like a crashing sound in the workshop off to the distance. And he's like, what have you done? 
And Jack's like, that's not us, man, I swear. <laughs> they they go to check on the workshop, and true enough, it's not them. It's Lock, Shock, Barrel, and Maleficent. And I don't super know why they were here, because as soon as uh, everybody else runs into the room, Maleficent, like, does her flames and disappears. And... Boosh. there. And I think it was... No, you, Barrel. Barrel pulls out a bear trap and throws it through the window, and the three of them just scurry on away. Yeah, Barrel's like, the skeleton-looking one. And it's like, well, well, I couldn't remember which one of them, which one of them pulled out the, the bear trap, but it's always Barrel that has these things. Um, yeah. And, like, I don't know why you guys were here. I don't know what the point of this was. Because reasons. D- basically. Uh, but Santa basically tells them, like, you people better not fucking ruin my holiday. I swear to God! I will bury you, skeleton man. But no, um, uh, bury the skeleton man. But no, uh, Jack. I forgot to mention earlier, but he decided that they need to be Santa's bodyguards since the Heartless have shown up, and so now, as their bodyguards, decide they're going to go after Lock, Shock, and Barrel and make sure that they don't get into anything. Which fair, um, they're from your town. You better, <laughs> um. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Uh, we go to uh, Spiral Hill, where Maleficent is talking to Lock, Shock, and Beryl, saying that she had hoped they could destroy Christmas Town while they were there, but since it looks like Sora, Donald, and Goofy have shown up, maybe they can make a little diversion for revenge. And just engages in some, night, or some light necromancy to bring back Oogie Boogie from the dead. <laughs> I'm just cracking up at Maleficent sitting there all like looking all evil and ominous and in the background there's just a bathtub with three kids sitting in it. I know I know. It's so weird. It's such a disconnect. Um but she does though. She we don't actually see it happen because like that cutscene ends, it switches you back to Sword Donald and Goofy and Zack running around, and then once you actually fight your way over to Spiral Hill, the rest of the cutscene picks back up with them talking to Oogie Boogie and him saying that he feels like a million bugs, which is one of the best expressions I've heard in a while. And I didn't check on most of the others. Um, Maleficent, I'm pretty sure, is still voiced, is being voiced by the same person, obviously, because she's a recurring character, and I think she's voiced by the same person who does Daisy, if I remember right. I'm looking Um, up I didn't check on Jack, but I can assure you that Oogie Boogie is voiced by Ken Page because Ken Page, I think, I think he yeah, likes voice. We did look it up in any media that has Oogie Boogie so far. It yeah. has been voiced by the original guy. Yeah, I think he just really likes being Oogie Boogie, and that makes me so happy. Right? Hang on, look up Melissa. It's Suzanne Blakesley is Maleficent in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Are you? Uh, let's see. No, not movie. Oh, she ha- apparently she had additional like little side voices in Howl's Moving Castle. I did not know that. Okay, neat. Uh, anyway, now I saw that as I was scrolling. Uh, so she it looks like so far in all of the Kingdom Hearts games, Maleficent is the same person. Yeah. Um, she is. Who? She is not listed as Daisy. Okay. No, that's right. Daisy's voiced by Tress McNeil. Who voices mom in Futurama? That's right. Right, and uh, Adult Toph in Legend of Korra. Also that. I forgot about that. Yeah, There's have a... you seen 
Have you seen where somebody mashed up Mom from Futurama with Old Toph? Have I sent you that? No, I gotta look at that one. I've seen oh. where someone did something similar for Tenzin. With yeah. like, um, the, his uh, character one of his other from, roles. Yeah, his character from, uh, I forgot, the drum movie. I forgot the name of the movie, but yeah. I don't know, it was one I haven't seen. Yeah, um, no, anyway, though. Movie, but anyway, yeah, yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, though, um, Oogie Boogie, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe it's because he was like, not done cooking. Like, doesn't really seem like he's all there. Uh, like, the camera literally pans away from him after saying he feels like a million bugs to just do a close-up on Maleficent's back, and she's like, all right, now here's the plan. It's going to be great. You're going to kill Jack and Sora, Donald, and Goofy, too. And then it, like, switches back, and he's just like, uh, 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 which I'm sure will be very good audio. But <laughs> he's basically, like, just sitting there, like, hang like with his head hanging, like, the dude does not look good. Like, he needs to go to have a, have himself a lie down. Uh, Maleficent basically, like, says that he still needs time to recover. I don't super know what that means, but all right. Uh, and uh, so in the meantime, she has, uh, she tells uh, Lock, Shock, and Barrel to take uh, use this Heartless, the prison keeper, to keep everyone else busy. And this one is actually a kind of a neat fight. Uh, basically, this dude, the prison keeper, will float around that cage that's hanging from him. He's got all three of them in there. And he'll basically, like, kind of eat, quote-unquote eat, but it like he's hollow, so it's almost like just shoving them into the cockpit, more like. Uh, but he'll, quote-unquote, eat one of the kids throughout the fight, and, like, that will change his appearance a little bit, more just in terms of color scheme. And it'll change the way he fights. So, like... At different points in the fight, you have to fight him in different ways. And then yep. at the very end, he'll like start, he'll just eat all of them and start using all of the powers that they all three gave him. But that's like, the, that's basically how you know the fight's almost over. Um, but so that one's actually a fairly decent boss fight. I actually sort of enjoy that one. But, and you'll appreciate this, uh, just coincidentally through level up, uh, after this fight, Nico got a technique called Flash Step and made a Bleach reference. And I was like, okay, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. He was like, Flash Step? I can use Shunpo? And I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Not that it has anything to do with fucking anything. It just made me giggle. Anyway, hey. though, um, <laughs> we we see a shot of Santa Claus in the forest of Halloween Town, like having just come out of the, the tree and basically like just griping to himself. Like, I can't fucking believe that I, that I let that skeleton talk me into coming here. This is such bullshit. I should be at home. Like, <laughs> just just like that basically um and sally like just approaches him from behind a tree and it's like um mr sandy claus and he's like yes but please call me santa claus he's like okay mr santa claus <laughs> i love i love sally she's so polite um but basically tells him like you just you need to go home i'm worried that jack is gonna mess things up if he if jack comes to talk to you lock the door do not see him don't let him in please and as she's trying to tell him that, fucking Oogie Boogie runs up and, like, just snatches both of them. And I guess dives headfirst into the into Christmas Town Because the next time we see him, like, no, no, he he slams into, um, he slams into Sally and, like, basically knocks her out, I think, and takes Santa Claus. That's right, because Sally is still around to tell uh, Sordal and Goofy and Jack what happened. That's right. Um, so yeah, so they gotta go save Santa, <laughs> and save Christmas, and there's a new Heartless along the way, it's called the Emerald Blues, 
yeah, it's one of these little dudes. It uses air. Um, he looks so non-threatening. We, it does. There, it's it's not super hard to fight, but it's more that like it'll use air uh, blasts of air to kind of like push you away from it, which can be kind of annoying. But they're not that bad. Um, this is where I start to worry a little bit about Oogie Boogie. I don't know if this is him doing this on purpose or uh, if something's just wrong with him. Because in fairness, when they reminded him about Sora, Donald, and Goofy and how badly they kicked his ass, he did say that's the only thing he'll remember until he gets his revenge on them. So I don't know if that's just him leaning into the bit and not remembering Maleficent or anyone else because of it. Or again, if he's just not done cooking or something. I don't know. But when we switch back over to him and Maleficent and how he's already redecorated uh, Santa's workshop, Oh, another game like, show. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's gonna. Gambler gonna gamble. <laughs> I know, but come on, dude. That um, backfired on you so badly in the movie. It did. Uh, but, like, Maleficent's, like, trying to tell him, okay, dude, seriously, here's the plan. I'm gonna turn Santa into a Heartless, and it's gonna be great. He does not care. He tells her to oogie on back where she came from and says that she's cramping his style. <laughs> And she's like, all right, fine, but you'll rue the day that you spurned my help. And then just leaves. <laughs> and like, I'm going home. Yeah. And by this point, everyone else has shown up. Um, Sally, who basically led the way, is uh, standing off to the side. And again, Oogie Boogie just fucking body slams her trying to run over to where Jack is. And she gets launched this time. Her leg falls off. It's bad. I mean, she's a scarecrow. Obviously, she's fine, but it's like, holy shit, man, be nice. Um, and this again is where I start to worry a little bit about uh, about Oogie because, like, he's basically telling Jack and the others, you know, I'm gonna get my revenge. I'm gonna kill you. Blah blah blah, all of that. And Jack's like, "What have you done with Santa? Let Santa go." And he's like, "Who?" <laughs> and then he sees Santa like lying there, tied up on uh, the conveyor belt where Maleficent had left him. And he's like, and what is this roly-poly red guy doing here? Come on, Grandpa, get out of here. It's like, do you just not know? Do you not care? What's happening? I am genuinely so kind of baffled by what was going on in this cutscene. Um, but Sally tosses her leg up there to distract him long enough to help Santa down off of the, um, off of the conveyor belt because, uh, because Oogie was about to just shove him into some random-ass <laughs> machine, which I'm sure would have murdered him. I mean, he's already tried to do it before, so... Also that. Um, Gotta mute my microphone real quick, but I'm still listening. Okay. Uh, But, so it's boss fight time. This boss fight is actually sort of neat. Uh, You can see down there in the picture, uh, there are, like, those three-level vent things. They will, like, light up and change color between red or blue. And so any two of them that are blue, you can jump into one and pop out of the other, because Oogie will be up on, like, a thing above you, like, dropping presents that explode and Heartless and stuff like that. Um, so you've got to, like, stay under him and, like, knock the all of his uh, present boxes back up at him until it shatters and he falls down and you can actually hurt him. So you kind of run through that, like, four or five times. So in the meantime, though, while he's moving around, you've got to use those little fans to, like, keep in line with him. But anyway, obviously you beat him. All of his bugs fall out. <laughs> it's honestly kind of harrowing to watch because he's just sitting here like screaming in terror as all of his bugs just spill out. And we don't even really... It's 
not even really like in the movie where like his bag gets ripped off and he's like, my bugs, my bugs. He's just, oh. Do what? That's what I was gonna ask you if he at least did the whole because that was fucking creepy as a child to listen to. Right? But yeah, no, so he just kind of collapses and all of his bugs spill out. And Don it shows Donald stomp on the last one to run away, so I guess he's dead for good. Not super sure. Um, uh, but let me see. So yeah, obviously they win, of course. Um Sally, like, finally tells Jack, oh, BT dubs, I finished your Santa suit, and he puts it on. Um, Hello, my son. He's he's still trying to convince Santa Claus to let him take over for Christmas, but of course Santa doesn't want to, because Christmas is his thing. So, basically, Jack has to relearn the lesson that he learned in the movie, which is, you know, like, I love doing Christmas, that's my thing. Yes, it's a lot of work, but, like, the joy on all the kids' faces when they open the presents that I leave for them, that makes it all worthwhile. Just like, even if you sometimes get bored with Halloween, you know, hearing everyone scream in terror, that's what makes it work for you. And Jack's like, you know what, Santa? You're right. If I'm getting bored with Halloween, I've just got to come up with something new. And I've got some new ideas that'll really make them scream. And I'm like, that was a line from the song, man. That's and that's uh, work out for you that, oh my god, hang d- on. <laughs> hang on did you get stuck yeah well huh did you take the whole way down is that it oh is it cranberry did something happen no it my genius son furry son who was sleeping <laughs> and decided he wanted down to go to his food bowl and instead of just jumping down from the lower to the ground chair that he's already on oh no he got onto the table instead, which is higher up, then realized it was now too far away for him to jump because uh, he's still recovering from being declawed, so it, he can't jump down from too high or it hurts him. So, realizing that he was up too high, he sat on the table and was looking at me, meowing like mother of fire assistance. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to walk over and lift my son from the table and place him on the ground so that he could go eat. Mother, I require a snack. No, he was he literally he was sitting there looking at me and going he has an old man smoker's meow. <laughs> but he was looking at me like I need help getting out. I'm like, you you could have just jumped down from the chair that's much closer to the ground instead of climbing up onto the table. But anyway, he has been deposited <laughs> on the ground, so now I am back. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, hang on one sec. I'm trying to remember a song reference for a joke. I love him, but sometimes I wonder. Oh, there it is. He tried so hard and got so far. In the end, it didn't even matter. (laughs) I couldn't remember that first line. I was like, wait, I remember the back half of this. I remember and got so far. You're lucky you're handsome because you're not going to win any awards based on your brains, sweetie. Anyway, um, so yeah, Jack like agrees. Okay, I'm going to stick with Halloween. I'm relearning the same lesson that I learned theoretically at least a year ago in the movie. At this time, the mayor, I guess everyone just fucking knows about the door now because the mayor runs up and is like, Jack, I've got all sorts of ideas for next Halloween, but you know I can't make any decisions myself. And he's like, 
don't worry, Mayor. I'm here to help out. And as he starts to walk away, his suit just starts glowing because his suit, or him, it's unclear. I'm pretty sure it's the suit is the token for this world, you know, for the light show and the opening of the thing. <laughs> and Jack's like, Jack's like, what's this? Perhaps a bit too festive for our Halloween needs. And it's like, I mean, in fairness, he doesn't know about space travel. He doesn't know that's what this is. It's just so weird. The one thing, though, that I never got, though, is... Okay, so we know Halloween Town is the residential area. It's been, I think, implied that, like, the lake where the swamp creature lives and where the vampires are, it sounds like they're mostly outside of the town limits. So with that being said, how the hell have none of the other Halloween Town residents ever found or stumbled across these other doors? I don't know, because it doesn't seem like it's very... Well, it both in the movie seems like it's simultaneously right there and also very far because Zach's walking all night before he finds it. Well, but to be fair, also, we don't know how late into the night the Halloween Town celebrations go because it's already dark when the movie starts. So we don't know how late it exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. There's also wait, that. We don't. They may, wait until, they may wait until like 3 a.m., the witching hour, to do everything. And then so yeah. he's only walking for like a couple of hours at that. Exactly. It, it might have just been like an hour and a half outside of town. I don't know, uh, but we know that you can tromp through the pumpkin patch and not find it. At least that. That's very true. <laughs> and we know the portal's not at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, or behind the Cyclops' eye. Beat me God, there's it. so many. That movie's so fucking quotable, dude. Oh my God. Really um, and that's that's one thing I'll give them. They've never just done the movie in Kingdom Hearts for um, Halloween Town, so there is that. Um, Which I mean, I kind of like it. You know, kind of expands on it a little more. Yeah, uh, but we we get them. We get magnet, which is a fun spell to play around with because literally, Sora will just kind of like poke his keyblade up in the air and make this little like ball vortex thing that just pulls Heartless into it, and I think does a little bit of damage to them over time. Also, but also it like immobilizes them so that they're just like stuck there. Like, man, what's going on? And well, you can hit them. Um, so yeah, that can be really fun to play around with that and thunder together. If you've got like big groups of enemies, oh, really good. Um, that aside, um, there's still a little bit more cutscene because, uh, basically, like, uh, Santa thanks Jack for, uh, saving Christmas and tells him to leave him alone. That's when they have that whole conversation. Um, as Sora is about to leave, <laughs> Santa's like, now wait a minute, Sora, if I remember correctly, there was someone who, uh, who it was that told you that, uh, that I wasn't real. And Sora's like, oh yeah, Riku, I wonder how he's doing. Hey, Santa, you don't know where he is. And he's like, sorry, I have no idea. But when you see him, tell him I said hi. And it's like, <laughs> it's like that old shit thinks I'm not real. You you rub it in his face that I'm here. And then the world's over. We get, we get that little bit of Santa wanting to be smug to Riku. And, and then it's over. Uh, something that I had never actually noticed, though, because I never really come back to the worlds after I leave. Um, Nico, like, did to do some other stuff. If you come back to the to Halloween Town uh, afterward, or after our, like the main part of the story is done, Jack is still wearing his Santa outfit instead of his regular clothes. <laughs> so you can like run around with him with just the giant beard hanging off and all of that jazz. It's very good, actually. Um, yes, we. So, but now uh, to keep this wagon train moving, uh, we can go to the Pride Lands. The gummy route for it is called Sunlight Storm. I forgot to mention the gummy route for Twilight Town, not that, or for Halloween Town, I mean, not that it super matters, but it's called Broken Highway. 
nothing really noteworthy in either of them. The music's getting pretty, it's still pretty good on all of these. So there's that, I guess. Um, I scrolled too far. There we go. And it starts off with a baby. Little baby Simba. Aww. Except not aw, because the scene of the movie that we're in is when this happens. Yeah. He's still smiling in that picture. I know. They didn't do great with the model there. No, um, it's like the, uh, you know, you know the story, or sorry, the movie A Christmas Story, right? With Ralphie? Yeah. And the mom at the end with the duck. The, it's smiling at me. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so the, the movie opens literally on the scene where baby Simba is, like, in the gorge as the wildebeest all just stampede down. And then, of course, it does the whole thing of, like, him trying to climb out and Mufasa tossing him up somewhere safe and then Scar, like, tossing him off the cliff and Simba being like, no! Oh, but then actually it turns out all of this was a dream and it wakes up. We uh, switch over to adult Simba waking up, just shooting out of his sleep going, no! Oh, okay. Okay. Yay, okay, I'm trauma. Yeah, dude, fucking seriously. This this level starts off with, hey, you remember trauma? And like, in a blink and you'll miss it scene or shot, um, we do see the night sky. And you can actually kind of see Mufasa's shadow, like, in the clouds. I posted mm-hmm. it. It's not the most noticeable. Uh, if you... Oh, shit. I was going to try to do a color inverse, but that makes it even harder to see. Hot damn. It's, yeah, very, very faint. Yeah, it's um, easier to see if you have it at, like, a black background than a white background so there is that i don't know i'm still gonna include it in the uh, the thread when i post this uh, when this episode goes up um literally though that (laughs) that's like that's it um that happens and then we switch over to oh did i forget to take a picture of the title card oh no i forgot to take a picture of the title card hang on one sec well say you need to fix that right now okay every time you say that i just think of james agent east from the Going, we cut to a title card. I do. <laughs> I literally always just separate it out in my notes as title card. Oh no! Just every time you say that, though, I just think of the kill count. Cut to a title card. Okay, you okay, can't put your okay. tail there and don't expect me to pet it. There we go. There we go. <laughs> the all is right in the world now. I have posted the title card. <laughs> we are what officially in the pride lands. What? You know that makes me think of. Okay, so I don't know if you even would remember this. I keep forgetting how much younger than me you are. Uh, okay. Eh. Older, older PC game. It was like a side-scrolling Lion King game. Ooh. Oh, crap. I think I know the game that you're talking about. I never with, played it, but I've seen clips. You could get, like, the little joystick that plugged into your desktop computer, but you could also do it with a keyboard. I always said it with joystick. But, like, you literally have the jump symbol, like, through the platforms. There's, like, things where you have to jump off the giraffe's heads. It's side-scrolling. I miss that game so much, but that's what this reminds me of, is, like, the opening to that game. With slightly better graphic. <laughs> Awkward silences because pet pictures. Never mind. I, I looked over and I thought Otto had his head like hooked in a way that should be uncomfortable, but then he adjusted and I'm like, oh, never mind. He's just doing a regular curl. Okay, we're good. He was doing like, that was almost cat level contortion there for a second. I know, right? Okay, um, but something I had forgotten about this level is that just like the uh, just like Atlantica, we actually see them beam down for once. I don't know why they did that on just these two worlds, but we do. Nice. Seems and a little then, bit out of place in the Pride Lands, though. Yeah, I mean, it only That's, lasts for like a couple of seconds. 
Uh, but then it's still like uh, a Lilo and Stitch style, like beam down. It is. Uh, but as soon as it clears, man, oh, new forms, fancy new forms. Sora even oh. says, "Hey, check us out." It's so good. I love it. I did not take any pictures of the chests, but uh, the chests are also different in this world. Um, they kind of look like gourds, almost. It's it's weird and neat. Um, and I don't know why, but this did remind me of the... I don't think I ever mentioned it back when we were talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. The original concept design for Sora, where he was going to be a little lion boy. Uh, bah, 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 hang on. No, not that. I don't want Final Fantasy. <laughs> No, it's a uh, different Discord server. Oh, okay. Okay, I like... I Okay, now compared to the two sketches you just showed me, I do prefer the actual Lion King Sora. Yeah, well, this this was back in the development of Kingdom Hearts 1. This was an it early concept like... idea for just what Sora would look like as like normal self, not he went to Lion King and this is what happened. It looks like Sora's mom fucked a Moogle. <laughs> okay. That mm, was not prepared for that. Um, yeah, but yeah. So like, I don't know what the whole development process was here, but yeah, somewhere along the way in development, I don't. Or him showing up as baby lion sword just reminded me. Somewhere along the way in development, he was gonna be just a little lion human hybrid thing with like a big ass chainsaw sword. Is what that's kind of supposed to be. No, I mean I kind of dig the chainsaw sword part. Yeah, that part's neat. I would like to see that as a weapon somewhere. But <laughs> I just, I don't know what the development process was that ended up having, having this in here anywhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, getting back to it, uh, they are beaming down in probably one of the worst areas to be uh, because they're basically like in the elephant graveyard <laughs> and immediately surrounded by hyenas. Including, of course, the big three, uh, Shin Z, Bonsai, and Ed. Um, I looked it up. I forget the I forget who it was that voices Shin Z, but it, it's not Whoopi Goldberg anymore. Yeah, um, I don't think they had any of the original voices, or at least not the two big ones, which were uh, Cheech Marin and Whoopi Goldberg. Wrong. Bonsai is still Cheech, and um, oh, I forgot who it was that voices Ed, but it's still the same guy, Jim Cummings. Uh, it's still Jim Cummings. But that's because all he has to okay, do is laugh. So it's just Okay, well, I mean, I can kind of see maybe not being able to get Whoopi Goldberg for this. Yeah. Of course, to be fair, I don't think they got her for the Lion King uh, mid-pull either. I don't know. I don't think she was. Well, maybe maybe this is whoever they got instead then. I never checked. Uh, I'm looking it oh, up. But, but there's, there's a whole scene where um, the three of them are, like, menacing Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Um, basically... It's them and, like, an army of just generic-looking hyenas all just looking angry, basically. Oh, Trust McNeil is Shinzi. Oh! Wait, in the game or in the movie? No, in the game. You know who she is. Okay, I, I okay, looked, okay. I haven't looked at one and a half yet. No, in the game, she's Trust McNeil. Okay, I knew I had seen her somewhere along the way for one of the characters that was in this episode. I was like, I remember seeing her having looked up something, but I didn't remember what. Okay. But anyway, um, Sora tries to, like, they all kind of try to run away. And Sora, who's not used to doing anything on four legs yet, just immediately trips <laughs> over his front two paws and flips over. <laughs> and it, the framing of it is so... Do what? Oh, no, sorry, I was looking at voices. Uh, so in Lion King 1.5, that was Whoopi Goldberg. But in uh, what I guess is the TV series... 
the Lion King's Timon oh, yeah, and Pumbaa. Lion that, that was Tress oh. No, no, no. The Lion King's Timon and Pumbaa, that was Tress McNeil. But in Lion King one and a half, that was Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, okay. All right. I just had to double check. Sure. Okay, so yeah. Tress McNeil, though, is the one that voices Daisy and also Mom in Futurama. Um, yes. And Old Top, apparently. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> the framing on this scene is so fucking funny because as soon as Sora, like, trips and flips himself over, uh, Bonsai just immediately just walks up and is like, going somewhere? No, no, no wait. I'm except, posting a picture. Except more threatening I'm than me. Right now that the, the Sora picture reminds me of. Okay. Wait, where and are you I'm posting that? It, huh? Oh, it reminds me of the... It's a picture of a... It's basically a puppy that's being trained as a seeing eye dog. Oh. The first time he gets put in his harness... I'm actually... I'm going to put it in the answer reports right below that so you can see the comparison. There it is. Okay, there we go. Ooh. Oh, bummer! <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Not wrong. I'll include it in the Twitter thread. Yes, because it does. That's exactly what it looks like. Look at them toe beans. Yeah, we gotta, we got, I gotta stop. We got, we're getting distracted. Look, oh my god, Sora's got toe beans. I didn't, oh my goodness. Anyway, um, hey, real quick before we keep going, um, because it's fucking ridiculous, um, scroll back up to their animal forms, and I want you to try to guess where everybody holds their weapons. Um, for reference, Goofy has a shield, Sora obviously has the keyblade, and, um, Donald has a staff. So you said where they keep their weapons? Yeah, where how like where do all of them hold their weapons for their animal forms when they're fighting? So let me think. So Goofy's would either be his shell or like in his shell. Sora, um, it, it sits on top of his shell and he like spins around and slams into people, which is okay. I mean, incredible. that's okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, Sora, I would guess he carries it in his mouth or it's on his back. Yeah, <laughs> it's in his mouth. <laughs> he, he runs around and carries the keyblade in his mouth and has to just eh, eh, swing Donald, his head really hard. I don't even. I he it, this uh, Donald's not too bad. He carries it in like his bird feet and just kind of blasts magic from from it. I mean that. See, normally I would it, say that would work too, but he's got duck feet. Those aren't made to grip shit. Well, right now he's got regular bird feet though. They could have at least given him like Zazu feet. Then he could have actually gripped something. He's, I don't know what kind of bird he's supposed to be. It's hard to say since they just I think stuck it's supposed to be like him. I think it's supposed to be him crossed with a hornbill like Zazu is. That was my thought was that, it, was that it might be a hornbill, but with his regular ass duck face on it, it was hard to tell. Well, yeah, with his duck face and duck feet, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. He's supposed to be modeled on Zazu, I guess. Okay, that was my thinking. Why the fuck would they make Goofy a turtle when there are no turtles in any of the Lion King? <laughs> I don't know. They keep making him turtles. Because if you remember, he's a turtle in Atlantica, too. He's a sea turtle. They should have made him, like, a wildebeest or something. I was gonna say, like, um... I was gonna say, like, a warthog. Yeah, that'd be Although better. I guess we do already have a warthog. Well, no, no, no. Warthog... I mean, you've already got lions, too. <laughs> <laughs> they should have made them a warthog yeah, and, um, and a and a meerkat, so they would be another trio like Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Oh God! Can you imagine Donald's temper tantrum finding out he was in a meerkat body? Oh, incredible! Would have been very good. Um, right. Also, I want to make sure if you notice uh, Sora. Do you see what's going on with his head? Because it's very good. His mane is done like his anime spiky hair. 
Yeah, his mane, his little lion mane is just his little anime boy hair. I love it Even so much. Even his little tail tip is. Yeah, it's so it's so good. I love um, Lion Sora very much. It's incredible. I'm so happy that this happened. Um, anyway, though, I guess we should probably continue. What yes, because it's already almost 11. <laughs> yeah. Um, so continuing on, we do get a new type of Heartless called the Living Bone. Hey, I couldn't find... Uh, creepy. I couldn't find any good pictures that were just it. Um, so the two that we're seeing here is the Living Bone being ridden by another Heartless that's called the Shaman. That one Those we don't start cool. seeing until later on in this world. Uh, so now we're just seeing the Living Bone, dude. Yeah, those are both really fucking creepy. Yeah, no, th- I really like dig the design on this Heartless. Um, you can't start doing it yet. Or if you can, it just doesn't happen very much. Um, but la- I know for sure later on when they start showing up being ridden by um, by the shamans, sometimes you can actually get a reaction command where you can ride around on one of them and just like start slamming around. And that'll end with like Sora make- like making it jump up, spin around, and just slam down and blow up its face. Nice. The the living bone ones are there's some pretty decent um, heartless designs overall, but this I especially like the living bone and the shaman. They work really well together. Anyway, though, um, they you fight off a few of those. Uh, they meet Nala. I forgot to get a picture of her, but I mean, just imagine Nala with PS2 graphics, and there you go. Uh, right. Basically, though, she tells them kind of an info dump about like the guy who's our king is. Really bad. We need to get rid of him. I'm out here actually looking for someone who would probably have been able to take his place. And hey, you know what? You were able to fight off those monsters. Maybe you might be able to help us out. And so Sora like goes back and huddles with Donald and Goofy. He's like, should we do this? I don't know if we're really supposed to just go around like overthrowing kings and whatever. But hey, if we do do this, maybe they'll want me to take over and be the new king. And <laughs> Goofy's just like, Sora. <laughs> He's like, I'd... Sora's like, I'd refuse, of course. And it's like, would you? Would you refuse, of course? Nah. No, he wouldn't. He says that he would, but he wouldn't. He, he's lying. He's 15... He's 15-year-old boy. He'd love to be a king. That's missing. He's kind of um, got, he's kinda got Kovu vibes right there, too. I mean, he really, he really does, especially in the posing. Right? Uh, um. But yeah, so... Uh, but she's like, obviously, I can't make this decision. We need to go back to uh, Pride Rock. She doesn't say Rafiki's name, but it basically just tells him, you know, we got there's something that we got to go see. Obviously, it's me. It's going to be meeting Rafiki. Rafiki. Um, making sure I'm not skipping anything, like any new Heartless or anything like that. No. Okay. Good. Um, this is something I haven't touched on very much, but that obviously you've noticed in uh, the Let's Plays by now. Uh, each world has a different design for the little, like, transition thing that will, like, fade it to black and then come back. And <laughs> you want to know what it is for the Pride Lands? Do I want to know? It's the little, like, silhouette of Baby Simba that Rafiki drew. <laughs> they just have, They just have that shape, like, come in and, like, expand back out to, like, make it fade to black and come back to the next scene. It's... I, it's I'm... It's another one where I'm just so happy that they did it because it's so it's so dumb. They could have done most anything else, but they went with the exact right choice. Um, but anyway, they get to Pride Rock, and before actually triggering the event, 
to cause Rafiki to show up and start that whole cutscene. Uh, Nico gets very excited because I guess Lion King, I think, must be one of his favorite Disney movies. So, like, the entire run up to Pride Rock and then just running around Pride Rock, he's singing The Circle of Life, and his ass ends it by slapping this on the screen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he just, boom, Lion King title uh, title card font, I'm not sorry, then then very small text. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. But, no, like, <laughs> I just... I've replayed that or that section of the Let's Play like once or twice just to just listen to this dude get it because like not that not that I'm about to say oh man this guy this this Let's Player turns out he's an amazing singer but like I just love someone like anybody just really getting into a song that they like from like a movie that they like mm-hmm. it was it's delightful but anyway um of course you have to actually continue with the story you can't just do that forever uh, they meet Rafiki Rafiki basically like looks Sora over like he's a judge at a dog show or something and <laughs> basically says like he goes and whispers in Nala's ear Rafiki barely talks in this for some reason and I don't know why um but basically he tells Nala no they're not or, no they're not the one or that kid's not the one uh, that'll be able to take over and Sora's like what what did he say and Nala basically says you know whoever takes down the king that's going to be our next king so they've got to possess the right qualities and I'm sorry but he says that you're not qualified and Sora gets like genuinely disappointed he like hangs his head for a second he's like oh no that's okay and it's like bro you wouldn't have been able to anyway and um and now um before before we continue I Kat I have to apologize for the next thing that I'm about to put on screen it's unavoidable it's unavoidable and we have to talk about it but i'm very sorry uh because what are you what the absolute fuck steven yeah um pete's in this world and he gets a new form and you would think it would be easy to like lionify him considering he's already a cat but he looks like some kind of horrible lion bulldog thing that like Shao tucker would have made in his basement I was going to go Lion Warthog because of the jowl. That too. Oh my god, look at that pot belly and that back bow. That's a cat that needs to be put down. Yeah, it ain't good. I hate I need that to this happens. Ears, I, don't hear, I don't want him to hear this. <laughs> He's going to be like, Mom, what are you doing? Um, and well, I think this is supposed to be like a slapstick ha-ha funny moment, but it really more just makes me concerned for Pete, because Pete and Scar show up together, so obviously Pete's been conspiring with Scar, of course. Um, Scar, like, they're like a little bit higher up on Pride Rock or whatever. Scar nimbly jumps down because he's a he's a cat. Cats are good at jumping down, like, are good at jumping off of things. Uh, okay. Pete... Most cats. Most cats, in fact, because Pete takes one step and just rolls and body slams his entire way down the hill or down that like little outcropping of rock and basically just dies there for a minute before getting up and going, oh, my back. Look at how he's got a saddle back. He's got an extreme pot belly. He's got to have some. He's got to. He must is the thing. They gave this lion a beard and I don't like to look at it. It's like you can't even tell where his jowl begins and or where his jowl ends and the beard begins is the creepy part. There's more to see than can ever be seen, but I don't want to see any of it. I've already done enough. I don't need to do more. 
<laughs> I know. I'm so sorry that this happened and that I have inflicted this on you. Normally, I love bringing you into the bullshit because Kingdom Hearts has got so much and it's fun. But this is another line entirely. <laughs> this is another line. This is a line too far. You've really crossed the line there. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, um, I'm not even going to look at it for the next minute. Um, Let's just keep going, because then we can post more pictures to hopefully push that up out of the way. Exactly. Uh, so basically, though, like they kind of taunt Sora and the others and leave. Um, Scar straight up tells the lionesses, why do you keep saying there's nothing around to hunt anymore? I see three things that you can hunt right here. Like... <laughs> Not, like, I don't know what it is with some of the villains in this, in this game, but, like, Scar and Barbosa both are just straight up literally threatening to murder this actual anime child. And at least Barbosa in the movie was, like, classy about it. <laughs> Scar is just like, what, you people are starving? There's food right here. Eat it. Do it. And, of course, Scar actually at one point, like, Scar actually tries to lunge at Sora. He's like, fine, if you people won't murder this kid, I'll do it myself. And Nala, like, jumps in, knocks him out of the way, and, like, gets herself banished from the Pride Lines or something. I don't know. It's not super clear, but she has to run away with them now. Um, Maybe he tries to marry her like he did in the Broadway thing. I did not know that. I yeah, did not no, know that. In the, Broadway, in the Broadway adaptation, and I believe in a deleted scene from the original movie, there was a whole thing about Scar wanting to make Nala his queen. Hmm. Mm. I feel like I remember it being implied that he wanted to do that with, um, I think his mom's name is Zira? Sarabi. Sarabi! Who's Zira? Zira's from Lion King 2. That's Damn Kobe. it, that's right. That's right. Sarabi, then. I think it's implied that he wanted um, to take Sarabi as his queen, just to solidify power. Then she was like, nah. Just because she was already the queen, but no, there was a in the no in the Broadway play. It's more implied, and I think he actually has a song about it. How he wants to make Nala his queen. I don't like that. Yeah. I understand why they have him, why they would have him do it, but I don't like it. Um, but anyway, so Nala tells them that they have to escape to to Wildebeest Valley, or I think that's what she calls it. Hang on, yeah, Wildebeest Valley, uh, basically just the next area that you got to go to. Um, we switch over to a cutscene of, like, Simba hanging out in his little oasis area, uh, with Timon and Pumbaa, not really saying anything, just kind of being generally moody, and he plops himself down in, like, a patch of flowers, and some of the flower petals fly up, basically repeating that scene from the movie, except that right. that happened at night, and I don't actually remember if the sex thing is true or not, or if that's and just that a rumor that everybody started. No, so it does spell something, but it's not sex. It's SFX for the special effects team. Okay, that was it. Okay. Yeah, people just that's actually a f- that that's actually a fun Easter egg. That doesn't happen here. I don't think anyway. I'm zooming in on these leaves and I don't see nothing. Yeah, no, they did they did the little thing in the movie for the special effects team, and then it got Rule Thirty Four. Yeah, of course it did. People are gross. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he. He just plops down in some flowers and the petals fly off. And it's like, don't worry, we'll see those later, obviously. Um, uh, but it switches back to Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Nala. Um, basically, Nala has to like teach them to jump off of a cliff over a gap in the ground. Like a just a big-ass crevice. And like 
the other side being like a good 10 feet or so lower. And all three of Donald, Sora, and Goofy are scared because they ain't never done this shit before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, like, it doesn't even show her teaching them. It just, the cutscene ends and then cut, cuts back to, like, Sora landing on the other side and it being like, hey, guess what? Now you can dash. Uh, and literally, if you, so now if you hold down square, Sora got the zoomies and I couldn't, obviously I couldn't take a picture of it. I should have tried to get a video, but he's, He's so fast. You'll see it when you watch the Let's Play. He's so fast, Cat. He's just... He's so quick. <laughs> Darting around. He got the zoomies. And what's even better is if you, like, change direction suddenly and stop running while you're still holding down square. It'll basically just make you skid in, like, a big-ass circle. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's going to make me, like, faceplant. No. Like, if you do this in a wide enough area... I've tried it a couple times just to prove to myself that it could be done... If you do this in a wide enough area, you will literally go in a full circle back to the point where you start where you started skating. It's very good. I love running around as li- little lion Sora. He's so fast. Um, it's honestly like a little hard to control sometimes. Your turns are never like exactly precisely where you want to turn. It always does kind of like wider turns than you intend to do. Right. <laughs> Uh, but along the way, uh, we get a regrettably named Heartless called the Aerial Knocker. That yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know they um, mean Aerial is in flying, probably, but... Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Um, before we actually get to the Oasis and see Simba, we get a shot of those flower petals again, like, reaching where Rafiki is and it's so funny because the camera is just zoomed up on like the cluster of flower petals floating along without any real con- without being far enough away to give you any real context to where they are and then you just see his hand shoot up and grab a few and then like pulls him down to sniff him yeah, I mean he does that in the movie too I didn't remember if he did in the movie or not but the animation for it in this just makes it look kind of awkward because like his facial expression doesn't really change he just kind of sits there with like his hand up to his face, and then he's like, hmm, yes. And of course, just like before, uh, it doesn't dramatize it as much as in the movie. This happens really quickly. He mixes it into, I don't even know what that was, berry paste, probably some poo, if we're honest. Um, Anyway, he does the whole thing where he goes to like his drawing of baby Simba and like smears a a mane around it to be like, ha-ha, he's alive! Um, But... (laughs) We we do eventually uh, make it to the to the oasis um, where Sora Dal- where um, Simba has been living with Timon and Pumbaa. But before that, somehow Rafiki has already caught up to uh, Sora and the others, and he just points vaguely off in the distance, and he's like, "It is time." And it's like, "What are you talking about?" Okay, we were already going that way. <laughs> I don't know why he came. I don't know why he's here. If I'm, that's like the only line I remember him saying out loud. Do what? I said, why are any of us here? Eh. I mean, fair. Ah, dang it. Now I got the first episode of Red vs. Blue stuck in my head. Lord. Well, because it starts with two of them being like, hey, you ever wonder why we're here? And one of them goes on this whole thing like, yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Like, why are why are any of us here? Is this all just some cosmic accident or is there a purpose to everything? And the other guy's like, no, I mean, why are we in this canyon? <laughs> I mean, fair. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we get to... I wish I could have gotten a good picture of this because it's kind of a cool shot of Simba being surrounded by Heartless. 
and then he like roars to scare them away. But the reason I couldn't get a good a good picture of it is that when he roars, it makes the camera go all like shaky and distorted. So like if I took a picture of it, everything would have just been like a vaguely Simba colored blur, which would have looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but what I did get a picture of is what happens when he meets Sora. And it's so funny because like at first he doesn't he met the he met Sora as a human. This makes the this makes the summoning from Kingdom Hearts One canon, just like when uh, we met Mushu earlier. Um, that is highly disturbing. I know. Well, it's okay. It's more playful and uh, nuzzly than it looks as just a still frame. Um, yeah, I know, but the still frame looks really freaking bad. That's fair. <laughs> but basically, like he just scared off Heartless. Three new people show up. He's like snarling at them at first, and Sora's like, "Wait, Simba, it's us, Sora, Donald, and Goofy." <laughs> And he has this memory flash of, like, the three of them just kind of standing in a black void. And he blinks, he's like, Sora! And, like, just leaps on him and starts kind of nuzzling him for a minute. And it's like, aw, friends. <laughs> um, they're interrupted from that by uh, Timon and Pumbaa shouting somewhere off in the distance about, Oh my god, Simba, help us, she's gonna eat us! It does that whole scene from the movie where they meet Nala, and, she rec- and then she recognizes Simba, this time just with Sora there. Um, they, Nala and Simba walk off into the distance, uh, and the, the cutscene ends, and you, and even though it's daytime, you know that the Circle of Life scene just happened. <laughs> like, right. like, there's no other explanation, because, like, literally, it cuts back to, um, them now talking in the Oasis, and her being like, you gotta come back, and he's like, no, I can't come back, I've learned something out here, Hakuna Matata. That means you can't change your past or whatever. And she's like, I just don't know what I'm going to do with this guy. And fucking Sora, Donald, Goofy, Timon, and Pumbaa. I hate all of these lists of names that you have, this game makes me say. Just like stroll into the little area, just all in the line going, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna name with his Matata. pimp chain. <laughs> yeah. I know. I love that they kept his necklace as a fucking necklace and not like, a fur pattern or anything. <laughs> nope, he's got a pip chain. <laughs> it's so good. Oh man. But yeah, so this uh they um Nala walks by them and she's like, he's not the same Simba I know or I used to know. Something about Hakuna Matata and Simba's or Sora's like, what? <laughs> uh they do not expand on this. They do not talk as far as I know, because the next cutscene or the next scene is we first get a flashback of um, the conversation that Mufasa had with baby Simba about the great kings of the past looking down on them from the stars. And then <laughs> we get this, the scene where he's like talking to Mufasa's ghost in the clouds. And throughout this conversation, they show him three different ways. Every time it cuts back to him, he looks different. <laughs> like first he shows up like in the movie where it's like kind of a dark silhouetted ghost. With, mm-hmm. like, dark, purpley, swirly clouds. I mean, you can see them all now. Then, a little bit later in the cutscene, it's, like, zoomed out to show his full body and everything's, like, brighter. And then it's just, like, him sort of vaguely in the sky with, like, the rising sun or something. He looks very disapproving <laughs> in that last picture. He does. And I know what you're going to ask. And the answer is kind of. Just so we're both on the same page, what was I going to ask? Oh, is this James Earl Jones? What do you mean, kind of? 
Okay, so I looked it. I looked it up because I was like, did they actually get James Earl Jones? And the answer again is kind of uh, because it's James Earl Jones parentheses archive audio. So like literally just the recording of his voice from the movie that they recorded when they were making the movie back in the day. They didn't bring him into the booth to re-record these lines or anything like they did with Ken Page saying I'll anything say, new for Oogie Boogie. I'll still count that though because they're still using the original voice actor. Exactly. Like so it's it's it. fair and it counts, but and I mean they ultimately didn't really need to do anything new with it because they're giving him just the same exactly. dialogue that he had in the movie, so it's easier, I guess. Yeah, I just, he doesn't have know. like extended dialogue. Now if he had had like yeah. new lines, I can see that. But no, if they're just gonna have him do the same thing, I can see them using the using the recycled dialogue, especially just with the guy's age. Yeah, it well, it is sort of weird though, because you can kind of tell the difference in audio quality between like Simba talking and him talking. Which I mean, I and guess just sort of adds to the. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, I guess also sort of adds to the otherworldliness of him being a ghost. But like, well, you can true. kind of tell. Um, but uh, the next morning, he wakes up. Everyone's like, you know, what are we gonna do? And he, this is where he decides, okay, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna face Scar. Um, we get we we don't even wait till the end of the world to get a new Keyblade. We go ahead and get it here. It's called Circle of Life, and I really dig the design on this one. Um, like uh, the the key the key chain for it is actually like a little bit of a vine, and then the charm at the end is um is like the the head off of that drawing that Rafiki made of Baby Simba. I don't really know what's going on with the handle. This is all like stuff that I've never actually seen in the movie. Uh, in terms of the way that, like, it's ornamenting, like, an actual lion face and stuff like that. But then, like, the blade is almost like it looks... It almost looks like it's a jagged piece of bone with, like, some cloth wrapped around it. It's really neat. Okay, yeah, I, can, I dig that. Yeah. Um, Although, I do so like how it's called the circle of life, but the actual key part looks like it would basically totally shred you. I know, <laughs> the circle of murder. <laughs> circle of water. And and this is where um on the, on our way back to the Pride Lands now this is where um the Shaman Heartless show up they're basically just magic users they look like monkeys and they're wearing masks um if you remember from Kingdom Hearts one uh, there were like two certain enemies that you could get um I think I talked about uh, you could get a shield for Goofy and a staff for Donald from it was uh -huh. like a really rare drop you basically just had to fight them a bunch fucking Nico gets one immediately. I have sat here and fought a ton of these things, trying to see if I could get it, and eventually giving up. I mean, I've gotten it before because I've played the game multiple times, but like the la I think the last time that I played through, I ended up just giving up trying to get it. But no, Nico gets it immediately. Uh, it's called the Shaman's Relic, and it is fairly neat to be on. To be fair, I forget what its stats are, but it's a pretty decent. Uh, pretty, it's a pretty decent staff for Donald. I think it's better than most of the ones that you can buy for him. I just hate that, like, the first one that he fights drops it, and I'm like, technically, yes, this is possible, but I, it also makes me angry. Uh, but anyway, uh, so obviously they go back, they uh, face, they go face Scar, they do the thing where, like, Simba confronts him, and Scar's like, aha, tell everyone who is really responsible for Mufasa being dead, and Simba's like, yeah, okay, it's me, I blame myself. And him being like, ha 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 ha, and then almost killing Simba, and Simba being like, 
wait, you just said that you actually killed him. Admit it! And he's like, ah, yes, I, I've been foiled. You found out my secret. I killed the Mufasa. Why did I say the Mufasa? I don't know, because it, it's late. But, yeah, I mean, fair. Um, he literally runs off to a different, slightly higher up part of Pride Rock, and Simba takes off after him. And then Timon and Pumbaa show up, and you have to, like, protect them from Shinji, Banzai, and Ed. And it just, it really sucks, because it's basically kind of like taking inspiration from the scene in the movie where he, like, charges them, and they do the whole, they call me Mr. Pig, which, that reminds me, they shoehorned that in earlier, um, when he was afraid that Nala was gonna eat him like he was some kind of pig, and then Sora was like, but you are a pig, right? And he's like, call me Mr. Pig! doesn't quite have the same impact when you're not doing the actual moment for it, guys, but whatever. It really does. I, I just I just wish that they could help out in this fight and, like, maybe charge around and slam into him every now and then, but, like, maybe doing that would still kind of hurt them or sometimes they can miss and slam into the wall, leaving them vulnerable or something like that. But basically they're just running around panicking and you've got to keep Shinzi, Bonsai, and Ed from uh, killing them, which isn't hard to do. They're, it's not like they're a hard mini boss fight or anything you just got to deal with all three of them basically um but you do that and obviously then you can go and confront scar again like part two like they just pause the fight and we're like okay now we'll do it um they they have like he and simba have like a lion slap fight for a minute until finally uh they get close enough to the edge that when scar like uh charges at him simba like kind of flips onto his back and like pops him up and over and off the side and then <laughs> fucking pete shows up out of nowhere and is basically like oh you guys think it's over huh well it's not all of scar's rage and anger turned him into a heartless your kingdom's gonna rise again but as the pride lands of darkness and then scar climbs back up and like he still looks exactly the same, but like now the scar and now the sky is dark, and for some reason the ground is like semi-transparent, and you can see an elephant skeleton underneath it. I don't know why, but whatever. Aesthetics, uh, that's why. Basically, yeah, just for the aesthetic. Um, like he he still looks the same, but they're calling him a heartless now, and he's got dark powers alongside his regular lion attacks. So I'll take it, I guess. He's not like super hard uh, to beat. But afterward, obviously, everybody's happy and celebrating. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Simba looks up in the sky and sees Mufasa, like, looking down approvingly and, like, shining a ray of light <laughs> down onto Simba, who's just standing there like, yes, father, I have done it. Have your and, um, <laughs> it's It's really unclear what the actual token is here, because normally it actually shows, like, an object start glowing and then shoot a little beam of light up. But we just kind of go into it, <laughs> and, like, Sora just shoots his blast off into the sky, and they have him hold it in his tail for this, which, to me, is just hilarious, considering, like, he's <laughs> been holding it in his mouth the whole time. I don't know. Because rule of cool. Basically. <laughs> he's, he's so snarly. He's just, ah! <laughs> but, so that takes care of the Pride Lands. Um, let me just make sure there's nothing else I'm forgetting. No, that's pretty much it. Um, Fire gets updated, upgraded to Fyra. There's a short little scene of like Timon and Pumbaa being worried that like Simba will forget about them and forget to tell the other lions not to eat them. So they run off and it's like, nah, man, it'll be fine. You never forget who your true buddies are. Eh, eh. 
And then real quick, one last thing before we get done, because we're far enough into the game that uh, the Cerberus Cup has opened up in the underworld, in the Underdrome, which I know we super duper care about. Um, totally. Yeah, definitely. Um, the the rules for this one, this one's actually kind of neat. You can use this to like to like cheat your way to always having a full um, drive gauge if you want to, because um, it's timed. You're doing it alone as the Sora. But you can, it's set up so that you can use your drive forms even without Donald and Goofy. So no matter what, no matter what your drive gauge is, gauge is at, it'll start it off full um, when you when you start the tournament. So literally, if, you, if you're running low and just haven't been able to fill back up, you can go start that tournament, exit it, and you'll still have a full bar and just go about your merry way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's ten rounds. The back like half of them are in darkness, kind of. Where like it'll be lit up like where you are, but then like the rest of the arena is like dark and it'll sort of light up as you run over to it. The mm-hmm. final boss is Cerberus. You've already beaten him once, but now you can use your drive for him, so it's not like he's harder. Uh the prize for it is the uh what is this one called? The Rising Dragon staff for Donald, which Ooh. is a decent staff. But stat-wise, is not as good as the Shaman's Relic, so Nico is just like, oh, cool, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, exactly. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's that's basically it for now. Uh, we will next time go see why Hollow Bastion is all swirly and dark and, and ominous. I'm sure that's totally fine, and there's nothing to worry about at all. I'm sure the Heartless have nothing to do with it. Exactly. It's going to be... It's Everything is fine. I don't know why you keep asking me about it. It's fine. It's like the dog, except wearing Mickey Mouse here, sitting there amid flames going, this is fine. Yeah, right. Why do you look so traumatized by this? It's a podcast, dear. You're going to have to get used to it. Oh. <laughs> Every now and then, like especially if I walk by carrying my tablet, he's looking around like, what the fuck is that coming from? Mom, what are you doing? I'm sorry, my well, and also he's looking at me like, "Why the fuck are you still awake? Why are we not in bed?" <laughs> oh, don't worry, child. It will be soon. We just have a few questions. Um, please, oh, we got because uh, they put in more while we were recording, so we have a few extra ones too. Yeah, of course, of course, Casey got one in while we were recording, and it looks like Veer did. And okay, it wasn't just Casey. <laughs> it wasn't just Casey. Dope. Okay, so yeah, um, we didn't get any on Twitter, so hopping into the uh, Mickey's Mailbag channel on Discord. Uh, hey, your starting tail off with, on my tablet is not helping. Do what? He's laying his tail right across my tablet where I'm trying to read. <laughs> this is not. This does not concern him. It does not matter. Uh, <laughs> what animals would the other Kingdom Hearts characters be in the Pride Lands? Um, I'm trying to think what Mickey would end up being. Uh, because I feel like following the same rule for Sora, if we stuck Riku and Kairi here, they would probably also become lions, or I guess in Kairi's case, a lioness. Um, so Mickey's the only one that I can really think about. And I feel like Mickey would be more like the shaman type, like a Rafiki. Maybe, yeah. He might be like, he might turn into a baboon. Is that? Yeah, Rafiki's a baboon. I think. Yeah, yeah. based on his mushed up of a couple different kinds he's mostly based on a mandrel okay i was like he's got kind of qualities for both and i don't think they ever call him one out loud no because he's, um, he's kind of a mashup of a few different characteristics yeah um so he might be that 
Uh, we we did see in the movie that there are field mice, so he could just turn into one of those. But would he be like field mouse size, or would he be like Mickey Mouse size? I would love it if he's field mouse size, and he just has the right. little Mickey head shoved onto it. No, oh, he would just be, guys, I'm so small. He would just be dragging around this huge ass staff with a Mickey Mouse head somehow. I know. <laughs> Yeah, because he would have to be something where he can still use his keyblade, so that would be hilarious, actually. If I was still angry at Riku, I would say he would look like a Nuka-type lion, but he's not as big of a shit bitch now. <laughs> so I'd make him more of like a Kovu-type lion, kind of similar to Sora. Yeah, um, Kairi would be... There's not really a lot of vari- variation among the lionesses, unless you're like evil like Zira. So she would be right. like a sort of a basic um, Nala-style lion, just with her hair. Because that's that's the rule. The main ends up being their hair. Well, I mean, they're lions. They don't have hair unless you're, you know, Sora. That's also true. Um, uh, we have a question from Veer Olor. Uh, do you, how long do you think it would take Sora to unbutton his Santa outfit, considering the buttons are crown-shaped? This, I think, is actually a mistake. I think, looking at them, they're probably, like, belt buckles or, like, big snaps or something. So I think I it would, would actually be deceptively easy. I would be thinking snaps because those kind of whenever you have like decorative buttons like that, they're almost always like a snap or they have like a regular button sewn onto the opposite side of the cloth underneath them. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it would be I think it would be deceptively easy to mm-hmm. uh, to get that uh, to get uh, to get out of that jacket. But also it's magic. So like he's that, out of it as soon as he leaves. But uh, here we go. What other animals that are associated with armor and shields would you have picked for Goofy to turn into instead of a turtle? I mean, we discussed the, uh, the the only other one I can think of would be like an armadillo or like a pangolin. More like a pangolin. Well, no, wait, pangolins are more Australian. They're not African, I don't think. That's right. But no, I would think warthog though, because they do. They have like those protrusions and stuff on their face. Those are like lumps of bone. Those are supposed to be like shields. So I would think a warthog That's would true. actually probably work pretty decently for him. <laughs> you could just I have his shield kind of like because... hanging off of one. Yeah, I wouldn't say Rhino just because they're a little bit too short-tempered for Goofy. True. Um, I do. I do think an armadillo could work, especially if you do like the thing where like it curls up and just rolls, and then you could have like his shield kind of attached to the side, like he's basically just a tire of death. That's true. <laughs> oh crap! Hang on, there was a horror movie that's like that. What was it? Hang on, Death Tire. There's a lot of movies about death trucks. That's all. No, this was a tire. Oh, oh, a tire specifically. Tire horror movie. Why do I feel like you? I've heard of this before, and I want to say it was you. Might have been. I've never seen this, but I want to. It's called Rubber, which is mm, a, an unfortunate. Yeah, choice. I know. Um, I want to say. There we go. There's the you poster for it. You brought that up at some point. There, there's the poster for it. Rubber movie. There we go. Let me see if I can find any other pictures, because I'm pretty... Like I said, I haven't seen this one, but I'm pretty sure it's a tire that is, like, possessed or something. I mean, that sounds about what it would be. Rolling around killing people? We'll have to look for it on a streaming service. I'm sure it's it's out there somewhere. Man, I gotta see if I can find Route 666 anywhere again. God. I'm not even kidding. It was a haunted offshoot from Route 66. Um... (laughs) Where, like, a chain gang was murdered by, I think, like, the foreman or something that was supposed to be watching them. And their spirits are just forever damned to haunt that stretch of the road. Mm-hmm. It's 
stupid. I need to see it again. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Flutter Dark had a question. Uh, the first one, he, the first one he spoiler tagged just in case, I guess. Uh, why is Santa such a dick to keep track of stuff from like seven years ago? <laughs> because Santa does not forgive. Santa does not forget. I think at least in this universe, Santa's just so done with having to put up with Jack's shit every year that he has, like, no patience for Exactly. Jack has annoyed him so much that he has no more patience for anybody else. Congrats, everyone. Jack used it all up. Oh, hey, Steven, guess what I found? Uh-oh. Rubber's on HBO Max. <gasps> Incredible. Right. Oh, anyway, I need to watch up. that. Right. Uh, um, anyway, question B from Flutterdark. What animals would you be in the Pride Lands? And I feel fairly safe in saying that we would probably both end up being hyenas. Absolutely. Yup, told you. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just think that they're good. Let me look up a, a picture of a hyena for a second. You know, technically that I... meant, although in the Disney universe if you and me and nero were hyenas nero would, would be the voice of reason i mean in as we saw life, recording the last episode yeah we kind of need them around in real life though i would rule both y'all's asses because hyenas are matriarchal oh yeah but yeah look at this look at them they're good boys and girls. but i would not i would not want to be a real they're life good. female hyena that is also probably true hello just just look up how they give birth <laughs> I'm betting it hurts. Wait, where do ocelots live? I'm I'm just I'm not gonna elaborate. I'm gonna let you find that out. Just just look yeah. Native to southwestern United States, Mexico, Central and South America. Damn it, so I wouldn't be able to be an ocelot. No, Fine. but we would totally be Disney hyenas. That's yeah, we would. Especially <laughs> if we're talking the Disney version of the Pride or the oh, yeah, Disney version Disney. of a I mean, come on, they're sitting there, Shinzi and Bonsai are sitting there cracking lame-ass jokes in the first movie. That would totally be you and me. Yep. And then, um, question, th uh, question C. This might be Donald's magic, but it's always amazing to see how quickly Sora adapts to new forms like this. Though, did they really have to lock the sprint button behind a cutscene trigger? And yeah, for real, let me have the zoomies from the start. <laughs> I know... But that would be like, too fun. I know! I know, like, the, 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 um, and obviously you can go back to it, because it's not like anything's preventing you from that, um, but the elephant graveyard section is, like, designed for you to just run around in. Like, it's a bunch of, like, uh, like, longer stretches and slopes and a couple of ramps that you can just run off of to, yeah, and you gotta do that so that you can pick up these, like, stupid collectible sticker things. Give it to me from the start. Let me have my zoomies. Um, <laughs> Casey's next. Or Casey popped in with a question uh, yesterday. What Christmas presents do you give Sora, Donald, and Goofy? And my answer was therapy. Therapy. <laughs> Let's see. I see. I say Goofy a helmet just because he seems like he needs protective gear. Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, you'd give him that. He would thank you and say that it's a very good present, and then never wear it because he'd forget about it. I would tell him that Max gave it to him, and he wouldn't forget it. That's actually a good point. I would give Sora a bunch of like different accessories so that he could like wear, he could adapt his little key, his little Keyblade charm depending on whatever form he takes. Ooh. So, so that way he's not always wearing the chain, but that way he can like adapt it to whatever form he has to take. Uh, and for Donald, uh, uh Xanax. 
<laughs> oh, I wasn't ready for that. That's good. Why, thank you. Uh, okay. Um, Deep Sea did ask if that means couples therapy, to which I responded, yes, couple therapy for Donald and Goofy, and then, of course, just individual kid therapy for Sora, because the boy needed Yep. Uh, let me see. These are both questions for next time. So don't click on those spoiler tags. Oh, well, I already clicked on one from Deep Sea, but I don't think it spoils anything. Uh, let me see. Deep Sea, I guess we could... The two, the two from Deep Sea, I guess we could go ahead and answer. How would you add more Square Enix to Kingdom Hearts? And uh, what world from another game uh, would, did you want to revisit? I, I don't know too much else from Square Enix, so I really can't say. I would just say, um, having played Final Fantasy X-2, I would say Dress Spheres. Oh, um, there's Final Fantasy In Final Fantasy X-2, when you're playing, you're playing Yuna, Riku, and Pain in a three-person band, but you earn Dress Spheres, which is basically, you make the girls go through like a Sailor Moon transformation yeah. sequence, but each Dress Sphere has a whole different set of abilities. Like... There's Gunner, where all of their attacks that they use involve, obviously, guns. Uh, there's Trainer, where each girl has an individual animal that, like, comes to help <gasps> them with stealing. Animal sidekicks. Riku yeah, deserves but, an animal sidekick. Yeah, but that's what I would do. I would bring in Dress Fears from Final Fantasy X-2. There we go. And that also, actually like, oh, that actually would sort of fit even with, like, when they first introduced his new outfit, they were like, these clothes have special powers, and they were just talking about the drive forms, which don't get me wrong, exactly. I like the drive forms, but, like, I feel like that would have also been a good gateway to add dress spheres. Yeah, see? Oh, also, uh, without spoiling anything, because it's not like this actually gives anything away, you will see uh, Yuna, Riku, and Pain next time. Oh, awesome! Yeah. I'm surprised, because Yuna and Riku were in Final Fantasy X, but Pain didn't come in until ten two. Yeah. Okay, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, let me see. Deep Sea's other question, though, was uh, what what world from another game uh, would you want to revisit? I am assuming this to mean, like, another world from the Kingdom Hearts, or from a previous Kingdom Hearts game. That's uh, what like I'm thinking. One of the ones that, that haven't been used again. I feel like there's probably more you could do with Wonderland. I mean, this is Wonderland, really just shenanigans. Uh, I would like to see more from Tarzan because they did have sequ. I think it had a sequel, didn't it? Tarzan, yeah, it did. It did. There we go. I know. Well, well I know it had like a midquel at one point. I, think, I don't yeah, remember I, if it had a sequel. I think Tarzan too. I want to say it was more of like when he was a kid, but I could be yeah. wrong. There was it, it a was, direct video sequel. I just don't remember if it was like an actual sequel or if it was like a midquel. The movie sequel was when he was a kid, but I think they did a TV series. They did do was... a TV series where he was an adult. Okay, there we go. So it could it could draw from that or something. I don't know. I just think it would be funny to bring it back after all this time because, <laughs> because um I forgot the name I forgot the guy's name that wrote Tarzan. Oh Dang shit. It. Edgar Burroughs. gonna bug me. Burroughs? Edgar Rice Burroughs, yes. Because there's a state oh, basically told them after the first game that uh because his estate basically told them after the first game they couldn't use it anymore. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, like, I just think it would be funny if, like, they eventually agreed. And, like, after all this time, we went back to Deep Jungle and, like, they've just been living their lives. And they're like, oh, hey, Sora, what's up? Sure. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, uh, Veer had another question since we inspired by the fact that we do see uh, Psyx this time. This is where we're getting into the ones 
that people popped in while we were recording to ask, who do you think does Organization 13's hair? Do they do it themselves? I'm going to say it's just anime magic and that they're all just like that. It's Brad Mondo. <laughs> Wait, I feel like I should know who that is. He's you can you see him on YouTube a lot. Um, he does a lot of them too. He'll do like people that attempt to do hair that he's done, but they like fail horribly. Ah, but he's really good. He's a good stylist, but his videos, of course, because he's kind of eccentric, he'll have his hair done in like funky colors, funky styles. He did full blown rainbow hair once. Ooh, okay. Oh, so you know what? You know what? Actually, uh, we you, we've already met Demix. I don't know if you remember what he looks like. Um, the guy from um, the underworld who had like the tall hair and his sides shaved off. I given his given his personality, I feel like it would be sort of fun to have him as like the group stylist just because they found something to make him do. Because uh, spoiler alert, we will eventually not even in this game find out that he does not like to do things. He prefers yeah. to stay at home and play his sitar. <laughs> So I feel like I could see them like forcing him to at least be like their stylist or something. That could be fun. <laughs> okay, Flutter, uh, Flutter Dark uh, came in with tag. a. It's spoiler tagged. Technically, this is, I guess, um, spoilers from a later game. Um, because I, I think I've mentioned to you that there are a couple of like prequel games. Um, yeah, but we, should I poke it or should we skip it? Uh, you can if you want. Um, it's not enough to actually ruin anything context-wise. We will eventually see a Moogle hanging out in their area in an Organization 13 robe. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I... Oh, man. I had at one point come up with, like, a nobody name for that thing. I think it was, like, Melogex or something like that. Or Melogox or something. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah. Flutter Dark came in to say that it's probably the Moogle from... Uh, it's probably the organization cloak 13 uh organ damn it the organization cloak wearing moogle there we go wow that was harder to say than it should have been um i can see that oh crap come on Vera, why you got to do this to me it's christmas town part of the four realms no it does not deserve that why would you make me think about this how dare you <laughs> <laughs> how do you think the story would go if uh kingdom hearts 2 had a subplot about jack skeleton and jack sparrow frog do you need me to read it, Stephen? Yeah, probably. How do you think the story would go if Kingdom Hearts 2 had a subplot about Jack Skellington and Jack Sparrow mind-swapping Freaky Friday style? Fucking Thank hilarious. You. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. But also, <laughs> yes, that would be incredible. It would, would be... be I mean, just think about it. They would both just totally wreak havoc because Jack... He's already a skeleton, so he would be just fine in the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Now imagine Jack Sparrow having to take <laughs> over Christmas. Honestly, Jack in charge of either holiday would be kind of hilarious. I think he would fit right in with Halloween Town. Because again, he's used to seeing skeletons and creepy creatures. <laughs> That's also true, yes. I, think I, feel like he'd, I feel like he'd roll with it too. He'd just be like, huh. So this is what's going on now. I think his only complaint would be not enough women to hit on. That yeah. He would still try, but <laughs> Sally's slapping him. Yeah, Sal Sally's arms would like detach and both just beat the shit out of him. Oh, there we go. Oh and then okay. finally Casey. Casey. Yeah, Casey came in with a good one. As we learned from the Halloween Town boss, the prison keeper one. You are 
<laughs> crossing out gain new new attack new fuck gain a new attack from what you eat so what powers would you get from your favorite food um my favorite food is like a three-way tie between uh, peanut butter pancakes Ooh. basically just any kind of pizza and uh burritos just depending on my mood so indigestion uh hey first <laughs> off rude you know what no actually i will say because this is something i haven't had in a while um the sofritas or the burritos from chipotle made with sofritas i don't want know why everyone always knocks chipotle and says that they give you tummy troubles i never have tummy troubles from them i like their food very much thank you and probably like firepower or some shit (laughs) i don't know that i've ever had chipotle they're good i have like good I have a lot of different favorite foods, and a lot of times, too, it'll depend on what I'm in the mood for. But I do know, overall, I do have a sweet tooth. Yeah. So, like, like if you put me with my brother and sister, with Kyle and Kate, like, anytime there is a surplus of candy or something in the house, I usually get it. Because I know <laughs> I love food. So, I would say mine, I would, I don't know, what power, probably something called, like, Sugar Rush. Ooh. Oh, 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 crap. Um, um do you watch My Hero Academia? I've seen the first few episodes i haven't seen much because there is a guy in uh deku's class whose quirk is called sugar rush <laughs> yeah i think mine would and, be like it would be sugar rush. it would give me like burst of like insane power and speed but then once it wore off i would just like be knocked out for a while that's what it does <laughs> well, there he, you gets, know. he gets really strong he doesn't specifically get faster but like his like muscles are stronger so he can run faster because of that Anyway, he gets really strong the more like he the more sugar that he eats. But the drawback is that it makes him like dumber. I would get fast because I tend to talk really, really fast if I get wired. So I would like move really fast and have like super speed, but then once I crashed I had to recover. There you go. So you'd be more like fry after drinking a hundred cups of coffee. Say what now? So you so you'd be more like fry after he drank a hundred cups of coffee. Pretty much. No, Twitter, I don't want an NFT profile picture. What the fuck? Why are you like this? Anyway, <laughs> so there we go. I would get fire powers from a good old Chipotle burrito, and you would have like sugar-induced hyperspeed. Oh, it'd be you'd be it'd be the clock stopper power from clock stoppers. Fuck, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Sure. Okay, so it was it was. No, I, I know the premise. I just it took me a while to remember it. Like I vaguely remember it. It was a good movie. I missed that. Do you know if you go fast enough, you start moving just at regular speed? Except that now you can phase through everything. Sweet. <laughs> so that's because that's what that movie said. If you wear two of the watches and activate them both, you can. It slows you down so that you can talk to people again, and they see you moving normally. But you're like a weird ghost and you can just phase through objects and it's like what i can dig it i feel like it should have been like you got eaten by the speed force or something anyway (laughs) anyway um so that's that's episode next time we'll find out what's going on in hollow bastion uh moving over to plugs uh, as always we'll start off with um with nero since they're not on these episodes you can find them on twitter at dragon smoocher they have um, Prime Cut or at Prime Cuts Pod for their uh, podcast called 
Prime Cuts, obviously. Watching Transformers with Audrey from Pot of Greed. It's very fun to listen to. And also, Transformers is good, as it turns out. Weird how that happens. Uh, (laughs) Since I'm not done uh, listening to it yet, there's still Podcast of Power at Podcast of Power, the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power one that they did alongside Jane. They are actually done with it, but like I said, I'm still listening to it because I came in late. Um, They will... Also that. They will, at some point, be doing a Final Fantasy XIV podcast that will be radio called Radio Free Heidelin. Um, I think they I think they already have a Twitter up for it at, um, at Highland Radio. Hang on one second, let me just make sure. We can ask Nero if they if they're any closer to like a start date when we do our next Disney Minus recording. If I can just spell the word radio, there it is. Okay, yeah, it's at Heidelin Radio. I had to remember how to spell the word radio. Apparently, Jesus. So yeah, that's where you can find all of that. Uh, I'm done talking for a minute. So cat, you go. Oh, uh, you can find me, of course, obviously here on usually off Saturdays. Um, I'm on Twitter at Z minus eighty seven. And on off weeks, you can also find me with Steven and Nero doing the normal Disney Minus podcast, where this upcoming episode, we will be doing my pick, uh, where I am making them watch Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea. Oh, yeah. I gotta actually watch the movie for that. It's been stuff happening. Um, you can find me on the Twitters at Marshmallow. It's spelled like Marshmallow, except that it has my last name in it. Um, I also have at Dad underscore Tastic, where I post dad jokes when I don't pass out on the couch. In the meantime, like Kat said, catch us on our regular weeks watching Disney movies and then on these weeks uh, going through Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Everyone be good. I'm already half Kingdom Hearts. What he said. (laughs) I was about to go. Kat's out. (laughs) 